It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Welcome to the six-month anniversary edition of Pearlmania 500. Bow, 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 bow. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 26. We did and, it. And there are 52 weeks in a year. And we've been recording <laughs> every Sunday for 26 of them, making this the halfway point of the year for Hell us. Oh yeah, let's go. So we're celebrating, as we said last episode, with a question and answer. Q&A, babe. Yeah, it's a Q&A. I prefer Q&A over Ask Me Anything because, honestly, a couple of the questions we got, I'm not answering. Okay, I mean, all right. I want to be aggressive about that. There was just a that. lot of questions about cereal, and I like that. Yeah, well, we're going to be answering all of your <laughs> cereal-related questions. Uh, on this, this six-month anniversary of Pearl Mania... 500. Anything you want to say before I hit the theme? No, hit the button. There's a place where you can stay when the world gets too insane. Yeah. When the world gets too insane, tune in to Pearlmania. Grown it all. That's our theme song by His Name Was Dusk. Before we get into anything, okay. there was a lot of people who did ask, can we get the full lyrics to Yeah, that, that was actually a question that was sent in. Repeatedly. Replies were had. Yep. I also had this question. Yes, and so I actually spoke to His Name Was Dusk before we sat down mm-hmm. to record this. If you go to the show notes, 
on the link in this episode, okay. you, there is a link directly to his Instagram. He will have the lyrics posted on his Instagram. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Uh, as slides. Uh, some of them are going to be like, why is that a thing? It's very, listen, <laughs> our show had lore before the show even began. Yeah. This all started from the two of us. The TikToks. The TikToks yeah. where I was explaining to you Sonic porn. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Sonic porn. Yeah. We got some fun things in the P.O. box. Okay, that's a weird way to say that. I don't care. We haven't received any Sonic. Well, no, that's, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Okay, there is a reference. Boom, right there. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so listen. Last uh, week, I wanted to do a shout out about the cool things that were sent into the P.O. box, but we ran out of time because I went too long. And that happens. But I wanted to give a shout out to uh, at Sewing Nerd Studios. That is their Instagram and their Etsy at Sewing Nerd Studios. Joe Bauer. Oh, I hope I said that right. She made me what I can say I'm going to use as a pencil case for one. For my uh, crayons. See how I said that right? Yeah. And then uh, the other one for makeup. But one of them is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. And these are incredible. They're really well made, uh, like pencil case makeup bags. They're amazing. And the Sonic the Hedgehog one made us laugh really hard when we opened it up. It did make us laugh really hard. And let me just explain to the people who don't know about the Sonic thing. Mm -hmm. This was like six months ago. No, more than six months. Obviously more than six months ago. I want to say back in like December or January, Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine sent me an Instagram video that is of somebody making fun of American Psycho. Mm-hmm. by handing Sonic OC back and forth to each other. Yeah, and instead of the business cards. Instead of the business cards. And Mrs. Pearlmania had no idea why this was funny. Deeply confused. She she did not she barely understood the American Psycho That's reference. That's true. I understood the American Psycho reference. She barely understood You're that. You're such a liar. But what <laughs> she didn't understand was the whole concept of Sonic OC. So yeah. I began to explain Rule 34 Sonic the Hedgehog original content pornography to her. Mm-hmm. And as it was happening, I was like, fuck it. And I grabbed my phone and hit record. And we recorded our first TikTok together. And that was just my face talking mm-hmm. to her. Yep. And we used the silly TikTok voice filter. And a few people said, oh, my God, I would listen to a whole podcast of this. Yeah. We recorded a few more. Um, and as time, I kept seeing people say repeatedly, I would listen to a whole podcast of you two talk. And that's what turned into Pearlmania 500, the yeah. podcast. And now we have uh, reservations at Dorsa. What? See, you don't know American Psycho. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> but you did mention the P.O. Box, and you're going to get to the okay, second and item. And the second thing, um, we someone sent me Kathy Mitchell Presents Quick and Easy Dump Cakes, 250 incredibly delicious dump cake recipes as seen on TV. And I am so excited to do this. Her name uh, was Nicolette. Yep. She's the one that sent it in. And I have to say thank you so much, Nicolette. Also, I don't know if you know this, but there are a bunch of magazine cutouts of other recipes that are being used as bookmarks in here yeah. for like glazed chicken and all that stuff. So there's all kinds of fun recipes for me to get into this dump cake situation. Yeah. Uh, some of them, here we go. We got chocolate chip sour cream brownies. That's, oh, what? <laughs> this one just called citrus cake. You you know, you got to keep it loose and goosey on there. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Orange rum cake. I'll probably skip that one. Whole wheat carrot cake. Okay, we got to find a way to make that gluten-free. Tortoise snack cake. Now we're talking. What do we got here? Vanilla, caramel, pecans, devil's food cake. This could, yep, this, I like that. Yeah. So anyway, I have a new hobby, which is going to be making dump cakes and forcing uh, Mr. Pearl Mania to eat them. 
Yeah, and uh, and so thank you to everybody who sent us these things. And we, as we said before, we have a PO box. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the show notes, but I'll say it out loud: PO Box seven two five four nine Thorndale, PA one nine three seven two. We've been sent some pretty cool stuff through there. Yeah. Obviously, you don't have to send us anything no. at all. Uh, but we do appreciate when but we do receive those things. But it is fun as shit to open up a Sonic the Hedgehog and Galaxy-themed pencil case. Yeah. And the dump cake book. Yeah. And, we, <laughs> and it was a whole experience just to get this P.O. box. So um, so with that, we are going to do our usual shout-outs for the Hey Hunts. Yeah, we got to Hey Hunt it up. Let me go ahead and pull them up. How did you not have this already? I already had it ready. I just wow. had to click over wow. a box. One job. Okay. Well, you know what? You know what? What? I'm just going to hit this button. Okay. Hey, huh? Whoa. Let's meet our team leader. Listen, I'm very I'm very <laughs> pumped about it this week, okay? We have a lot this yeah. week. 37. Let's go. Uh, really, really blown away uh, by how many we picked up. Uh, so the first one is Mrs. P's Book Club Stand. Yeah. And there's hey, a lot I'm... of questions about Mrs. I P Book Club. We'll, we'll get, get to, to that. It. We'll get to it. After that, we have Elliot Van Fleet. Hey, hon. I wonder if they're related to Greta. Okay. Okay. After that, we have underscore, under, underscore, score, <laughs> underscore. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like when people poke at you. Uh, you know what? Keep it, going. Let's keep it going. Let's That's keep it going. Let's keep it going. After that, we have Mr. Tanner. Hey, hon. After that, we have Amanda Gay Smith. Hey, hon. And that's a real name. That's not a play on. What a wonderful name. I know. It's great. But I do love, I do love the idea of a Gay Smith. Okay. Just, just you know, just working down there at the forge. <laughs> Just building, just building the strongest vibrators possible. Okay. All right. Thank you, Amanda. After that, we have Amanda Emily. Hey, Amanda Emily. Emily. Two first names. Two, two first, first names. names. Two, two first, first names. names. <laughs> uh, it sucks that you had to follow the gay Smith, Amanda, <laughs> but you can be Amanda Emily. After that, we have Aiden Doherty. Hey, uh, is it Doherty or Doherty? It's Doherty. It's D O H E R T Y. All right. It's not a Doherty. It's definitely a Doherty. All right. Yeah, Doherty's. Yo, fucking Aiden. Thank you so much, hey, dude. Hon. After that, we have Brianna Hero. Hey, hon. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm yeah, going with Hero. You're going to spell Hurley. Okay. It's either Hero or Hurley. And this is one of my favorite things, actually, doing the, doing these shout-outs, is yeah. the amount of people who message us afterwards and just go, close enough. <laughs> I love that. You know that. what? You tried. After that, we have Red Moon. Oh. Yeah. Hey, hon. I like her profile picture. After that, we have Christina Alabama. Alabama? Not Alla, just Alabama. Nice. A-L-B-A-M-A. Hey, hon. I like that. It, you know what? Mm? Alabama? That's how people in Alabama say it anyway. Oh, say Alabama. It's Alabama. Mm. Or they just say Bama. Okay. Or they just say, get out of here. After that, we have Mackenzie McGuire. Hey, Mackenzie McGuire. There we go. After that, we have Peyton's Gummy Bear Wet Willie. Ooh. I, you know what? That was a. No. Can I say? Hey, hon. Can I, I'm deeply concerned. Wait. Nope. <laughs> no, no. Because here's the thing. I, I don't started reading. This. I don't know. No, this is what was weird. For the first time ever, Patreon didn't just cut it off. It actually made it into a second line. Yeah. So it's because it's it's five words. So I'm like Peyton's gummy bear, and then I'm like, oh wait, there's more wet willy. So if you listen back, the cadence falls off. Mm-hmm. That is me realizing what I'm saying live. <laughs> After that, we have, I'd love a serotonin thanks. Oh, we'd all love a serotonin thanks. Yeah, I think that's missing a comma. I think I'd love a serotonin thanks versus I'd love a serotonin thanks. Well, I don't know. It really depends on your serotonin levels. It's basically, right now mine are quite high because we're six months in. And that $5 was from Australia. Oh, hell yeah. Um, After that, we have Ashley Torlone. 
Hang on. Or Torlone. I don't think it's Torlone. It, it could be. It, I'm going to go with Torlone. Okay. Okay. After that, we have Nick Bowl. Hang on. After that, we have Rendezvous These Nuts. Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> so good. After that, we have Radagast. Hey, hon. After that, we have Rob Conway Guy. Hey, Rob Conway Guy. Yeah. Oh, this one's super long. Let's. Uh, I gotta. Gotta click. click, it. click I gotta it. click oh, into it. Oh wow. Let's let's blow this popsicle joint. Underscore it sucks. <laughs> Told you. Worth it. Worth I the always, double click. I always read oh, the underscores. Hey, After that, we have President JFK. Shut up. Yeah. Um, he's a. He's I don't a have the. I don't have the. I'll just give you one of these. I don't have the. Bum, 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 bum. I don't have the yeah, hail of the oh. chief music. But President, yo, don't tell QAnon. Yeah. Ooh. President JFK is up. in my fucking Patreon. They're gonna show up. After that, we have Zulema O. Hey, hon. After that, we have Rebecca Guerraday. Oh, hey, hon. We have so many. We're trying to burn through because we have a lot of questions. After that, we have Haley and Clint. Hey, Haley and Clint. I like that. That's nice. That's good. Haley and They Cl- do kind of sound like bank robbers, and I like that. Mm, mm-hmm. I like that a lot, too. I feel yeah. like they're either robbing banks yep. or they have an Etsy store. I like the part where committing crimes is involved. I like the part where it feels like a 2014 Facebook, where there are a couple that both share the same Facebook. Oh, that gets that gets weird real quick, though. Yeah, but uh, Haley and Clint, I your divorce will Clint, be great. No, I don't think Haley and Clint share a Facebook Get a page. divorce. Stop Get a it. divorce. After if anybody's that, getting a divorce, it's us. Yes. After that, we have Haley M. Haley M. Hey, hon. After that, we have Cassie Borden. Hey, hon. After, I almost read that as Cassa Bornita. Oh. Uh, Cassie, you're changing your name. You're now Cassie Bornita. <laughs> After that, we have M. Izzy. M. Izzy? Hey, hon. M. Izzy. After that, we have Sleaze McQueen. Sleaze McQueen. That's a good one. That's a really good I one. I like that. That's a good one. After that, we have Jen Jen Double N. <laughs> so cool. That feels like really cool, or it was a way that she was tortured as a youth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you got two N's in your name? Well, I'm sure she's heard the song like 27 Jennifers. It's a good is. song because, like in the '80s, Jen, like especially the late '80s, Jen Ooh. was a very, very popular name. Yeah. So this guy wrote a song about how he went to school with 27 Jennifers. Yeah. You know, one end, two ends, Jenny. Jess- I mostly had Jessica's. Oh, uh, that's why you hate Dune. After that, we have. It doesn't make sense. They all have space alien names, and then there's a Jessica. It doesn't make sense. You know what? Honestly, I'm going to bring this up right now because in in Dune. There's a main character in the later books mm-hmm. who was resurrected for almost 30,000 years. Do you know what his name is? No. Duncan Idaho. <laughs> that doesn't make it better. <laughs> yeah. You know who brought that up? Who? Elon Musk. Okay. Oh, next, right. we have Jesus Christ's number one grifter. Oh, that's an air horn situation right there. <laughs> Such a good one. Yeah. You know what? That's a <laughs> really good somebody one. somebody that's the best at grifting. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have Eric Jacobson. After that, we have allegedly, Ooh. spelled L-E-E. I, I like that. I, I like that it. one. Hey, hon. After that, we have the Velvet Goblin. Ooh. It's like the Green Goblin, yeah, but, yeah. but posh. After that, we have Max Matt 789 Yeah, what's up, 789? I like that That one. might be a password. Yeah. <laughs> Type that into something. Yo. Uh, we're good. Yo, everyone, everyone line up. We're all Max Matt now. After that, we have Bathroom Bruschetta. That is concerning. <laughs> I'm deeply concerned. Yeah, and uh, this is going to be... I'm going to give a pre, pre-air pre horn to this okay, one. Okay, pre-air horn. Are you ready for it? Yeah. The cross-eyed racist that shot Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand that? Do you understand the full reference? Do yeah. You, you know who Stonewall Jackson is, yes. right? Confederate general. Yep. We talked about him in the Pat Robertson. Mm-hmm. He was shot by his own troops. Yeah. 
because one of the men who were guarding the camp was short-sighted uh-huh. and saw Stonewall Jackson riding up and was just like, I don't know who that is. Bam. And so Stonewall Jackson fucking died. He was probably the best general that they had. Yeah. And uh, and they, they wouldn't have won anyway, but they like double didn't win because of Perfect. that. It's what he deserved. It, you know, totally, that's what's important. Totally was. Totally was. So thank you all to our Patreons. Thank you for supporting this insane endeavor that thank we are you doing. So much. That is the Promania 500 podcast. We're not even going to plug. We're not even going to plug the Patreon because you know we don't need to right now because we've no. got so many questions in front of us. So many. <laughs> I printed them out. We have physical proof. <laughs> yeah. Of how many questions we have. So I'm going to hit the first bumper. Yep. Uh, this is how we're going to break it down. The first one is going to be all the questions that are to both of us. Yeah. And then the second half, you and I are going to read questions back yeah. and forth. To I each went other. through and I pulled all the ones that were directed at me and all the ones that were directed to Alex and so they're separate they'll be the second half of the podcast exactly so we will be back right after this quick commercial break from (laughs) bluechew.com I actually thought about reaching out to bluechew because they're very easy to get as a sponsor I was really debating it's happening I really thought maybe for the sixth maybe you know what for one year for one year one year anniversary episode bluechew listen to us listen here you gummy bear dick pills (laughs) Oh, that's why the gummy bear wet willy. Are you ready to start this? Yes. You have you have the group questions. You do too. Do I you? have a sheet, yes. You have a sheet. Okay. So I didn't put these in any particular order. That's good. That's chaotic. I like that. <laughs> Super chaotic. They're actually out of order. They're not even in the order they came in. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I just mixed them up as quickly as I could. All right. So first question, most important question. A lot of likes on this one. How did you two meet? Okay. So I have my version of how that <laughs> happened. Uh-huh. And then you have the one that you claim is correct. Yeah. Okay. Because I was blackout drunk. Yeah. And you were- uh, Stone cold sober. You're like a year in, right? <laughs> yeah. You were like right almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're like- <laughs> Our we stories have are different because we were having different experiences. Insanely <laughs> different. What? I, here's the part that we both agree on. Uh-huh. I was hosting an open mic mm-hmm. in the back room- of a uh, gastro pub, a Western themed gastro, a Western themed gastro pub <laughs> in Philadelphia. Yep, that is across the street from Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. It went out of business. Yeah, not Eastern State Penitentiary. No, that's I mean, no, no. The, the bar itself. Been, yeah, the bar itself for a long time uh, has has been done for a very long time. But it's across the street from Eastern State Penitentiary, which is a prison that mm-hmm. is no longer in use. No, that is now a museum most of the year, except around Halloween, where it's a scary, spooky place to walk through. Well, they're not even doing that anymore. They're not doing that anymore. No, they canceled all the because they used to make the whole thing into a big haunted house where you walk yeah. through the prison and big haunted house stuff. And but I think they got a lot of negative pushback about. Um, kind of glorifying what the prisoners went through in there because yeah. it was a Quaker prison, yeah. Which Quaker prisons were all about isolation and repentance in a yep. really fucked up way, full silence. So the people really went and were tortured mentally. So they were like, maybe we shouldn't, you know, be having haunted, scary houses here anymore. So yeah. they started turning it into more of like a a beer garden thing, which is more, which is somehow worse. I feel like it's weirder. Like yeah. at least get the teenagers in there to dress up like goblins. The thing is, is it was a great way to get people to come in. It was yeah. a Halloween thing. I mean, there isn't a lot of Halloween haunted houses in the city anyway. No, they and put be- them all in the, uh, the psychiatric places, which is way worse. This is so much worse. But the thing is, is it's a prison. But anyway, we were across the street. Yeah. Before we get too far. Wait, into let me State do Pen. this. 
But, but let me just say. I was there. Were okay. you there? Can I just say the <laughs> setup before you walk into the room? Okay, go ahead. So I'm hosting this open mic. It was a friends of mine ran it who were really good comedians, uh, one of which is Mary Rodzinski. And they asked me to host. And I said, sure. And it didn't pay, but I got to drink for free. There it is. And I ordered a yingling. I wanted a yingling. And they kept giving me Coors Light. <laughs> and I was like, the first one, I was shocked. Like, this is stupid. They they keep giving me – I said yingling, and they keep giving me Coors Light. So what I'm trying to do is I was pounding them, but the idea being when it'll be empty, I'll grab the girl, the waitress, and say, get me a yingling. Mm-hmm. And so I am – I'm sucking down beer in a way I use – I'm very – actually, I'm usually a slow drinker. Mm-hmm. And so like about 10 names into this open mic of people doing four- to five-minute sets, I've drank about six beers. Yep. All right, now you can go. Okay, so I had gone to this open mic, not something I was normally doing with my free time. Because you have fun. Because um, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, had decided that she wanted to start trying to get into stand-up comedy. And so I would go to these open mics with her as her bro. And, you know, you because know, it's really scary to get up on stage and, like, do the whole thing. And so I was just always in the audience. And then afterwards, we'd go over, like, what got big laughs, what didn't. And, you know, if I thought there was something she could tweak. And so, like, it was something that we were doing together because she was trying to do stand-up comedy. And, and this, so, this was, like, her second or third one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we go to this open mic, and we're sitting – I'm sitting in the audience – and they're, you're, pull, you're pulling people up kind of from the audience. She went and waited by the wall at one certain point. Yeah. But all the other comedians were also sitting in the audience. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there minding my business. And the man hosting the comedy show, so he gets up in between each comic, maybe tells a joke, makes fun of the last guy, brings on the next person, the end. Um, he, I have to describe. He has the craziest hair I've ever seen. It's, it's frizzed out. It's wild. He's wearing a sweater from 1995. It looks like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It was like beige with a blue stripe across it. Really wrinkly pants, like the kind that you clearly pulled off of a chair instead of the fresh laundry. And like old man New Balance sneakers. And I'm like, that man is a chaotic mess. And I'm not thinking about it because I'm literally just like, like waiting for my friend. Yeah. And the host that I just described starts talking to me from the stage. Yes. Every time he comes out, he has something to say to me. What are you, a hipster? Did you ride your bicycle here? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did, yeah. <laughs> I sure did. And to set the scene, I, in my youth, 100% was a dirty hipster, a city kid hipster, fully. Uh, you weren't dirty. <laughs> you were the cleanest person in the room. Hold on. Go Let ahead. me set a scene real fast okay, for you, ahead. okay? Because I've been doing open mic comedy and just comedy in general at that point for, I want to say, almost like 10 or 12 years. Yeah. So I'm hosting this thing. I'm used to just the usual gaggle of, it's a Monday night open mic, too. Mm-hmm. I forgot to even mention that. This is a Monday night. Yeah. I'm pissed drunk. It's 8 p.m. <laughs> I'm surrounded by the same usual losers that I've known my entire fucking life. Uh-huh. All of them smell bad. Most of them are like, I don't understand why I'm not on the Tonight Show. I'm like, well, half your jokes are about, like, you know, assault. <laughs> So this series of men wearing cargo shorts and then occasionally a woman shows up and they immediately chase her away. And I'm like, this is insane. 
And so audience members are typically sad as well. It's a Monday night at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. You should be at home. Yeah. You shouldn't be at a bar across the street from a dilapidated prison. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the back and this woman walks in and she is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. She's fucking stunning. Friends of mine are in the back like is she looks like. She looked, you looked a lot back then, especially because you had the short hair and the cut and the dress you were wearing and everything else. Mm-hmm. You looked like, um, uh, the, the, who's the lady, the Russian lady from Rocky, who's oh, like yeah. training Ivan Dragoff. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what you looked in. And you were also wearing these really tall heels and all this other stuff. And you just had very, you also had, you carried yourself in a way of like, I'm too good for this. And mm-hmm. of course, as a comedian, I'm like, she's too good for this. We got to go. <laughs> but yes, you were sitting in the audience. And I realized, and I actually realized a couple weeks before this incident mm-hmm. where, you know, I always had a fear of like really hitting on women and being like openly hitting on women. Like, you know, having a conversation eventually it leads to somewhere. Great. But just straight up being like, you're hot. Yeah. I, what do you think? <laughs> that was too much for me because I was, I had a huge fear of, of failure and rejection. But when I realized I was on stage, I have a microphone, I have a light on me, and if this doesn't go well, I can just say it's a bit. Yep. So, okay, cool. So I started, I had started to do that a little bit on stage where I'd be like, hey, are you single, blah, blah, you know, like doing that type of thing. Yeah. And then if it went well, I'd approach afterwards, be like, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> no? And so I was standing off stage, again, about nine beers deep at this <laughs> point, and a comic walked up to me, and he was like, this is how I remembered it. <laughs> okay, tell me. I want to tell, tell you exactly. Tell I want to tell everyone how I remembered it. <laughs> so this guy, his name was Logan. He walked up to me and I said, I check in the front. She's really, she's really hot. I should talk to her. And Logan looked at me and said, you won't do it, you fucking pussy. <laughs> and I grabbed him by the shirt, pulled him in close. I said, oh, yeah? Watch this shit, motherfucker. And I pushed him away and I strode up on stage and just started mercilessly hitting on you. That's how I remembered it. Is that? Yep. Okay. About eight years later, (laughs) I ran into Logan and I told him, you know, if you had never called me a pussy, I never would have hit on my wife. Yeah. And he said, that's what you thought happened. (laughs) And I said, what do you mean? Yeah. And he said, you were standing in the back watching a comic bomb waiting to go on stage. And I and you were about to fall over. So I put my hand on your shoulder and I said, hey, man, are you OK? And you grabbed me by the shirt and went and then shoved me against the wall and then walked up on stage. And I said, I don't understand how. And he, he said it was the weirdest thing. He said the second your foot hit the stage, you were almost sober. Yep. Like you could like suddenly you knew your stage presence just took over. But I was like, I was like one of the Ramones, like mm-hmm. just blah, blah, blah. I want to kill everybody. Oh, hey, so you're really hot. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So my experience uh, in the audience was that every five minutes, this crazy drunk man would get on stage, and he wasn't like like trying to hit on me as much as it would be what they call negging, where he was like trying to pick oh, yeah. at me. I was trying to just be mean as he was, shit. like being mean. And I was like, and you were giving yeah, it back. whatever. Like I was just talking mad shit back. Cause I'm like the fuck, who the fuck are you? And the, the thing that made me laugh was that the audience became on my side. Cause yeah. as I started calling you the fuck out, the audience was like, yeah, yeah, she gets it. Like, Give it to yeah, blah, blah. like it was a very like a uh, crowd versus the host situation yeah. at a certain point, 
And then because I'm also mocking every comic <laughs> who went on stage, mind yeah. you. I hated hosting <laughs> open mics. You're I kept getting it like building enemies. I I kept getting booked as an open mic host because I could keep the show going, so it still felt like a show. Yeah. But I just really, when you've been through enough of these, you're like, no, fuck all these yeah. people. And um, as I know, uh, as I remember, it went on for a bit of a while, and at a certain point, I screamed back at you and i was like you know what if you didn't have a microphone you wouldn't even be talking to me because i'm out of your fucking league true and then i got a uproarious applause from the crowd and i think the show kind of ended after that and you came up to my friend and i and we're like thanks for being a good sport yeah blah, blah, blah. and i told you to find me on facebook because i'm kind of a big deal yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then eventually you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it there was a lot of twists and turns before we got to that part. But yeah, but that's that's basically that's the how we cute. met. <laughs> yeah, it was just the two of us screaming at each other, and nothing has changed. No, and now people love it. <laughs> and then the next question was, how long have you been together? I think it's been since 2012, right? Yeah. I feel like it's 2012. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wait, maybe 2011. I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It feels <laughs> it's like an been eternity. A long time. We've been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long, long I, time. I remember it as 2012 because I remember being with you during that election, and that's yeah. how I usually. That's how I remember chunks of time mm-hmm. is via presidential elections because, like, I feel like by the end of each term, each four years, so much has changed in my life. Yeah, that that's how I kind of usually use those as bookends for me. So, yeah, that was uh, our first question. Do you want to read our next question? Yeah, sure. Um, if you could master any skill, what would it be? Um, if I could master any skill, what would it be? Well, we've been having a lot of fun discussions about HVAC and plumbing recently. That's true. Because uh, <laughs> I've been considering going to HVAC school just because I want to have a skill that AI can't replace. <laughs> That's true. And, yeah, you mentioned it to me, and I realized that you're right um, – HVAC is probably the only job that will not be replaced by anything else because all these servers mm-hmm. the need air conditioning need air and plumbing and all these different things. Like those have to be until they build a robot that can do that, mm-hmm. uh, which will probably be a hundred years from now, at least for our lifetimes and your kids' lifetimes. Yeah, HVAC is the way. So um, listen. I'm saying HVAC. I would yeah. love to master the skill of HVAC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> archery. Archery? Yeah. Like Gina Davis? Like Gina Davis, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's because – so I bought a bow when I was uh, a kid, mm-hmm. like in uh, in high school. Um, I got a bow, and I never I, – I, like, took, like, two lessons. Yeah. And then it went to the basement, like, there with was... all my other stuff. But I think that would be a skill – that I would like to just because that way it's like a thing I can yeah. do. I feel like that's a good party trick as well. It's pretty fun. There you was know? an archery place, like a place to go do that, in like around my neighborhood. Actually, kind of where um, ninety five collapsed on State Road. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's still there, but there was an archery range there. And we would go there every once in a while because you could rent the bows there. Yeah. And they would give you like the styrofoam deer. Well, it was just like a fun, weird so, thing to do. So one weird thing I found out during the archery class, the first day when mm-hmm. I went to go take it, is they were like, oh, you're cross-dominant. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And they have you do this eye test where you make a triangle with your hands okay. and you have it pull it back towards your face. And whatever eye you pull it back to is your dominant eye. So I'm right-handed, but my left eye is actually how I see the world. The other way you can test it is when you're looking at an object at a distance and you close the one eye 
and then you close the other, mm-hmm. which way does it shift? Oh, weird. Now we're so, both doing it. Yeah, now we're both doing it. <laughs> so when I'm looking at something and I close my right eye, nothing moves. But if I open both my eyes and I close my left, everything moves slightly to the side because my brain is mostly leaning on my left eye. So when I did that, the lady, again, I'm like 16, I think, when I was taking this. The lady was like, oh, were you really bad at baseball? And I was like, yeah, how did you know? And she's like, because you should have been swinging as a lefty. I'm guessing you went to bat as a righty, mm-hmm. and you should have been holding the bat as a lefty. And then and then I tried it. I went to a batting cage. Yeah. And like it took me a little bit to figure out like how to swing the bat, but I could actually finally connect the ball. Because I was just off. My hand-eye coordination was off by a few inches wow. due to that. So, yeah, archery. Archery. All right, next question. What's your favorite Philly moment from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Philly moment? Well, that's how they framed it. What's your favorite like, moment from It's Always Sunny in Philly? Uh, so my favorite episode is the one where they smoke crack. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was actually, like, I knew the show existed, but that episode is the one that my friends were like, you have to watch this episode. <laughs> it was so chaotic. It's really a great it's episode. It's so chaotic. Mm-hmm, um, I like that, that I really, really love that one. I like one. when they get into eating human meat. Yep. That was a pretty good one. Yep. Mm, there, actually, there's so many, especially in the early seasons, where it's just like so very like viscerally fil- the Philadelphia experience. I would say... The World Series Riot one's really good, too, because <laughs> they're all just drinking Riot juice. Like that one really, and they couldn't say fanatic, so they yeah, have to fernatic. say, yeah, they, oh. all the little things about um, it. When Frank is drinking wine out of a Diet Coke can, just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't been there? Yeah. Um, but I would say that right now, my favorite episode or moment is the episode where the gang moves to the suburbs. Because I had a very visceral reaction to witnessing, because I was like, it was a shared lived experience. Because <laughs> that, that episode was came about out me. That episode also came out right after I moved you to the suburbs. Yeah, and so like I was getting not st- handling it well, getting stuck on seventy six. <laughs> Having to deal with like neighbors who are like nice but passive aggressive. Oh god! Yeah, it took you a bit. Like that episode was cathartic for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I watched it and experienced such catharsis because I was like, "It's not just me." Yeah. The the other thing, other episode I know that was important for you, just because I know you went to it, was yeah. when they did the the Nightman play. Oh yeah. Because you before we met, live. yeah, you told me like you saw it live. Yeah, Danny DeVito's foot touched me. He like reached his foot out into the crowd and I was in the front row and his t- foot touched me. I was like, I'm never washing my face again. I yeah, did. but thank God you did. <laughs> I did for thank sure. God you did. Because that's where I put my kisses. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I love that show. I don't watch it as much anymore. I think I've maybe aged out of it. I don't know. Like I just don't get into it as much. But the early seasons were great. Yeah. Um, I think I think these two kind of go together. Go ahead. Um, so I'm going to just do them both together. Sure. So the first part is, what was your job as a teenager? Mm-hmm. And how does it compare to what y'all are doing now? All right. And then uh, we'll, we'll do that part. And then okay. I'll run, leads into the second. What was, was it, what was my job as a teenager? What was your dream job as uh, a teenager? You know what? I'm going to say that I didn't, I wasn't one of those kids uh, that had like a thing I wanted to be when I grew up. I didn't. I just didn't think like that. I wasn't yeah. in that mode of like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor or a ballerina or a firefighter. Like I just, to get very honest, I was in like survival mode. So I wasn't like thinking about my future in that way, which is weird and not great. But I think it's also kind of awesome because it 
it left me really open to try anything. Yeah. Like 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 date a weird red haired man <laughs> who screams at you while drunk in yeah, the back yeah, yeah, of a bar. Yeah. Um no, like I just you know, if we went through my whole work experience, it's a in- incredibly weird resume. So is mine. And yeah. so I think I was just open to trying anything because I didn't have my heart or mind set on a specific outcome for my life in the the idea of a career. Um, what I'm doing now, eh, it makes sense to me. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's, well, it's and, okay. And you know what? We'll go ahead and get it out of the way because I know on one of these pages, there's, someone did ask, what do we do for work? Mm-hmm. And the most we really are comfortable with saying, just because, again, it's our jobs and we don't want to tie the job into our lives. Oh, yeah. Is um, I work jobs? I work in a for-profit corporate setting. <laughs> and I work in a non-profit setting. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. And yeah. I think that, I mean, for most people, honestly, when it comes down to your day-to-day work, like I sit in a cubicle you have an open office concept. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, we're answering emails. Yeah. We're going to the coffee machine. There's, like, that's kind of... Yeah. You People know. are sending passive-aggressive emails. Yeah. It's a whole thing. We both hate Excel. Oh um, but the follow-up to that one, and I think... Oh, it's for me. My dream yeah. job as a teenager. It was... I had two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of which I kind of do now, which is I want. I really wanted to be a stand-up comedian as a kid. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I also really wanted to be... Vice President of the United States of America. Yeah. Because let me tell you all something about the Vice President. You are in the history books, but you ain't doing shit. Yeah. It's so good. Like, it's so good. Like, every Vice President hates the role. And I'm like, wait, I get to live in a Naval Observatory. I still have Secret Service. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm paid good. Yep. Everybody knows. Well, not everybody. Enough people know who I am. Yeah. And then, like... Every now and then they're like, hey, go out. And you know what? The president can't say that guy's a dickhead. So can you go out and say that guy's a dickhead? And you're like, bet. I'm like, you're on it, dude. Yeah, sure. Call me Spiro Agnew, baby. Let's go. Uh, So vice president is a big thing. I've always, because like, you know, you sit and think about politics in general and all those different things. And I always thought like, you know, vice president, that'd be a fun one. I think that would be the funnest one. And how does that compare to what you do now? Uh, I guess the same. (laughs) You're the vice president of this podcast. Yeah. Paul, thank you. (laughs) So the follow-up to this is, if you never had to worry about money, what would you do for the rest of your lives? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I I think... Nothing. I would actually (laughs) still, for sanity's sake, I would still actually probably try to have a part-time job. Yeah. A reason to get up. And like even with what I'm trying to do with the changes, making more content and all those things. Yeah. I find that it's very difficult. Anytime I've had like a straight week off from work, Mm -hmm. I, by the middle of it, I've gone insane. I know that about you. Yeah. So even when I do this change, like I'm still going to be looking for something that is a couple hours here Mm -hmm. and there during the week just to give me a reason. And whether or not that would be volunteering or whether or not that is actually a paid position where I have something to hold me accountable and something to keep the week a week. Like when my parents (laughs) retired, like, I remember calling them and I'd be like, they'd be like, why are you calling me? I'm like, it's Thursday. They're like, oh, I thought it was, what day is it? I'm like, it's yeah, Thursday. They go insane. And I mean, a lot of us went through that also wonder, during the uh, pandemic. If, if we were that well off, I would become the woman at the nonprofit that only works there because she's so well off that she gets bored. It's a very different nonprofit experience mm. to be like, the person that needs the paycheck versus the person that just needs something to do. Yeah. I just want to help. Yeah. You know? 
Like that's a very different nonprofit experience. Oh, like that. And TV I'm trying show, to get there. <laughs> like that TV show, Billions. Yes. Yes. Like with Maya Rudolph. Yeah, on Apple TV. Very that. That's you what do I, that. I would want to be Maya Rudolph, except for how that show starts. Yes. Okay. Um. And yeah, that would be it. It's just a lot of like fancy clothes and like let's throw a gala, like yeah. a lot of that. I think I would also be doing more uh, with politics. I think I would yeah, be doing more with that, sure. like actual like strategy and those things because you don't. Again, that doesn't. It can pay well when you get high enough up, but yeah. at the lower levels, it pays shit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And that was actually one of the things that problems I had with nonprofits is I remember that I got offered a job for this one nonprofit years ago, which was to fight for higher wages. <laughs> and they didn't pay a living wage. No. They? When I did the <laughs> I math know. on the hours that they wanted, right? It was yeah. like I worked it um, out and it was like 65 hours a week. Yeah. And they were like, you'll get paid like 38K. And I'm mm. like, this works out to like yeah. 525 an hour. And in 2009... The minimum wage in Pennsylvania was seven twenty five. It hasn't moved. Um, that's so they like didn't do good work. work. They didn't do good work. That's, that's like, what I'm my point. That's like when I worked at a, a named nonprofit that we help people get uh, SNAP benefits and Medicaid and all that. Yeah. And so, like, my job every day was to help people sign up for those programs, which was great. It was very needed work. Yes. However, they paid us exactly one dollar more an hour so that we wouldn't qualify for those benefits. Yeah. But then after taxes, like I desperately needed snap benefits, yeah. but they just priced me out by a dollar an hour yeah. on purpose to be like, it's like a living wage. And we're like, it's really not. Yeah. It's you're making nine twenty five an hour. <laughs> what a nightmare. Yep. Um, and no overtime. <laughs> Never. If you ever even think that's why you only work thirty five hours oh, a week, just so you can't even get close. But to I it. would say we played this game back when the last time the mega ball was up to whatever the yeah, hell it was, was a billion. and we were joking yeah. about like if we won the lottery, what would we do? Yeah. And you always get mad at me because I'm like, oh, I'd go to like I'd go to law school. <laughs> like, yeah, I would use the money to like buy property for family members. I'd go to law school. I'd get a master's degree. Like I would just. I would donate stupid amounts to programs I like. Yeah. And well, I mean, there's a difference. There's also a difference between having a billion dollars and then never having to worry about money. I feel like never, I feel like if we had a billion dollars, we'd get into a tube and go see the Titanic, right? Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) I'm getting it. Listen, you can go to the Titanic. I'm getting on my moon tube. All right. (laughs) Tubes for everybody. Yeah, dude. Tubes for everyone. Yeah. Not the tubes you get in your ears when you're little. No, none of those. Uh, all right, next all right, question. What's the next question. Let's oh, well, real quick though, Go I ahead. think I think one of the big things though is that because we have come from not money, <laughs> I think we would actually understand how to use the money better than people who are born yeah. into that. Like when mm-hmm. you were born with a billion dollars, you don't know what the fuck you have going no on. concept of anything. Yeah, that's why I think you should always Harry Potter those kids. <laughs> Put them under the stairs? No, no, no. Like, give them, like, like you, you could, like, all right, I had a kid, I'm a billionaire, until they're, like, two, and then you go put them in an orphanage, <laughs> and then you wait till they're, like, have them live a terrible life, and then come get them when oh, you're 18, no. right? Like, 17 or 18, right, when they're old enough to, like, now they have, now they understand how the world works, and then you mm. go, okay, listen, you're, I'm sorry, I'm actually a millionaire, and then... <laughs> When they get to a certain level, Once like, they okay, forgive you for how pissed they're going to be. Oh, I don't give a fuck about that. We can afford good therapists. <laughs> but then this is what you do, right? Yeah. You just tell them you're a millionaire, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they're like 25, you're like, actually, I lied again. <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, I love the trust well, you're building in well, this you, like, Listen, we're going to be building. There's just checkpoints. Yeah. It's mental checkpoints, uh-huh. all right? Because every now and then you got to hit a save point. Yeah. And then reset or you just stop playing the game. 
All right, let's go to the next one. As a billionaire, I would be able to cut off my kid anytime I want. Oh, my God. What are they going to do? I'm a billionaire. I think this next question uh, is pretty great. Would you rather be top half human, bottom half sausage, or top half sausage, bottom half human? So I've... (laughs) Some of these questions I did see as they were coming through because I get the yeah. email notifications. And I saw this one. Yeah. And obviously there's the joke answer. I'm already bottom half sausage. There it is, yep. But I've been really thinking about it. Is like sauce like is the sausage sausage sentient? Mm. And like is the point of the sausage to be eaten? Yeah. Because if that is the truth, then I wanna be because if if I'm a if I'm a non sentient top half sausage, yep. then I don't feel pain. Yeah. Or understand what pain is. Mm -hmm. However, if the top half of me is a human being and the bottom half of me is delicious, delicious (laughs) sausage, then I'm going to be screaming in pain as someone begins to eat me. This is a horror book. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say when I read it, I pictured kibasi and I went top half kibasi. That's all. Okay. No real exception. No real reasoning. If I was a a minotaur of sausage, the top half's the kibasi. Okay. I get that. I get that. I'd say I'd probably do bottom, though, just because that way it would be an experience so I could be sharing that with people. Yeah. Because I could still make oh, TikToks. Oh, could still talk. There I could it is. still make oh, TikToks. Oh, God. He still talk. And this is what my TikToks would sound like. You ready for it? Oh, my God. They're eating me. <laughs> Put down the maple syrup. Oh, so you're a breakfast sausage. Oh, nice. definitely a breakfast sausage. I like that. I love a breakfast yeah. sausage. I do like the patty versus like the tube when it comes to breakfast sausage. Mm, you know what? Here we, here we go. Since okay. we're on breakfast in general. Yeah, let's get to breakfast. Yeah, because there's a lot of these. <laughs> People have thoughts about breakfast. There's so many breakfasts. <laughs> uh, do you like Raisin Bran? I love Raisin Bran. I haven't had it in well over a decade because of the celiacs. Yep. But when I was younger, Raisin Bran was one of my favorites, even though like... It was like not like a little kid cereal, but when I was a little kid, I was like, let's go with that fucking raisin bran. I was down. Oh, wow. Yeah. What are your thoughts on raisin bran? Never had it. That's so fucking weird. How have you never had raisin bran? Because I've never had problems pooping. It's not a pooping like cereal. It's I bran. Mean, I guess bran and it's raisins. It's straight up bran. It's really good though. And they put a lot of sugar on the raisins. So okay. they're like really sweet. Okay. It's like a very good cereal. I don't, you know what? It's one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes when I would have Cheerios as a kid, like my mom would like cut up strawberries and put them in. Like some people do that where they yeah. put fruit in their cereal. Mm-hmm. Like I keep them separate. I like my grains over what here. I like my fruit over there. What's wrong with you? Listen, sliced bananas and cornflakes, bet. Also, honey on Rice Krispies. Yes. I don't do any of this. I eat it straight. I don't eat it either because I haven't had cereal. Yeah, in no, no, but years. I just go I go just straight dry cereal. Uh-huh. Dry cereal into the bowl. Okay. Milk onto the dry cereal. All right. Eat it before it gets soggy. That's like the goal of all cereals for me. Okay, so what's the next question? Uh least favorite breakfast cereal. Yep, there you go. What's your least favorite? I don't know if I really have one. I guess oh. maybe Captain Crunch. Because it r- rips up the roof of your mouth? No, just because I don't have an opinion about it. Wow. Like, that's the thing is most breakfast... Again, it, they're all flakes. It's all the same. They're not all flakes? They're all mostly flakes. Oh, my God. I have so many thoughts about I mean, my cereal. favorite, my absolute favorite is probably Frosted Flakes. They're really good, yeah. Frosted they're really good. Really I good. also like... You like Apple Jacks. Listen, who doesn't? <laughs> if somebody was like, I don't like Apple Jacks, I'm like, well, you're a bad person. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> I... I'm trying to think. Like, I can think about what my favorite cereals are, but again, I haven't had them in so long. But it's like Cinnamon Life, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch I like. I've never had Cinnamon um, Life. I remember Cracklin' Oat Bran. Never had it. Honey Bunches of Oats. Never had it. Big fan. 
Um, I mean, obviously, Lucky Charms are great. You know what I'm realizing as you're as you're going down your list? Yeah, Honey Nut Cheerios. So you know how you know how when you go get that box of the pre oh. of the little. What are the the ones that are like? No, oh, I have to look it up. Go okay. ahead, I'm listening. But you know when you can buy the box that is like Frosted Flakes, Corn Pops, uh, Fruit Loops, Apple Jacks, like that box? Yeah. Whatever comes in that box is what I eat, and I don't go outside of that box too much. Like That's so crazy. Like Fruity Pebbles, I think, is me going crazy. I'm like, I'm doing oh, something well, different. Fruity Pebbles, Cocoa Pebbles, Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Which is weird because we don't really eat a lot of breakfast cereal. No, but really. we're just rattling them off about how we're upset. It sounds like we're obsessed Ooh, with them. Tricks. Tricks were real like lemony. And oh, Fruit you know Loops. what? That's my least favorite. Tricks? I didn't like Tricks. Oh my God. Um, what were the there was one that was like I feel like Golden Grams. I used to love Golden Grams, but I know that like Was that the one with the frog? No, that's what I was trying to think of. It was like smack, Honey Smacks or something. I think it was Honey Smacks. Th- that was good. That was honey, I liked that. That one, that fro- that mascot mm-hmm. is, you know how there's that thing where you don't think about something for a very long time, yeah. right? And then you think about it and then it's everywhere. And like with our phones these days, it happens a lot where you'll be, you'll be sitting there and you'll be like, oh, yeah, Honey Smacks. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll say Honey Smacks, and now we're going to get 6,000 ads for Honey oh, Smacks yeah. everywhere we turn. We're going to turn on the TV, and, honey, and that happened to me when I was, like, eight. There were, like, all these Honey Smack commercials everywhere, and I would see that fucking frog, and then I remembered, like, six months, I didn't see it anywhere. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I wonder what happened with the Honey Smacks frog. I wonder if they got rid of him, like, the Cookie Crisp dog, right? Yeah. And then suddenly, Honey Smacks was everywhere again. And this was like 1992. I remember it because I was watching the Olympics and Honey Smacks commercials were on. And I was like, I don't feel like Olympians eat Honey Smacks. No, definitely not. No. But I was thinking Golden Grams are my least favorite. if yeah. I, Because I remember really liking them and something happened. I don't know if like I got sick or something happened when I was younger where like the flavor just really turned on me. And I recall really disliking them. But as of right now, my cereal is super limited because yeah. of the, the gluten-free stuff. But... Uh, you know, the day they make a pill for the celiacs, I'm going to go ham in the cereal aisle. Yep. Bet. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's your question. Oh, it's my question? Okay. What's something that bothers other people that doesn't bother you at all? What do you mean? I don't understand the question. Oh, my God. Are you going to make me repeat it? No, I legit. Like, something that, I mean, there's uh, people what's, are bothered by lots of, like, people yeah. are bothered by people having red hair. Like, people are bothered by, like, um, gay people exist. Like, there's so many things. So I would say if I was going to answer this question. Like, chewing tinfoil doesn't bother me. <gasps> what are you talking about? Nails on a chalkboard doesn't bother what me. What is wrong with you? None of those things bother me. That's crazy. You know what actually used to bother me a lot? What? When you had a the old tube televisions. Okay. When they were on, mm-hmm. to an but set to an input, like VCR. Yeah. But the VCR wasn't on. So, like, the TV screen's on, but it's black, and I could hear the high-pitched squeal of it. Yeah. And it, it, I'd be like, you can just turn the TV off. And then no one would. Mm-hmm. But, like, the new TVs don't make that noise anymore. Also, I think it's, like, one of those weird high pitches that only teenagers can hear. That's the thing. I was thinking but that's But that that's, like, the that thing that bothered me. That bothered me. Other people, it doesn't bother me, is, like really angry people i was thinking like well clearly i know but that clearly doesn't bother you i how like, would we be married if really angry people bothered you yeah no but i was thinking like in my past work life especially and like, you're from philadelphia that's the thing is like this is how i, I was, and you worked in this restaurant industry yeah you're just surrounded by nothing but angry people all the time Yeah, and they don't bother me if it did but bother you you would have moved to some place where people are nice there are other people like that, denmark like, really get like 
can't handle a lot of like just anger in the air in the room. Yeah. And it just it doesn't affect me in that way. What does really I can't handle is people that are passive aggressive. Yeah. It makes my skin crawl when people are passive aggressive with me. Mm. Like, just say what the fuck you're thinking. Oh, you know what bothers me? Mm. It's when people are telling me about a problem, but they aren't looking for a solution. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And that comes yeah. that comes from my parents because they're very solution oriented people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, oh, okay. And then I've you and I have times now where we've worked out in our relationship yeah. where I both of us had to look at you, listen, I don't want this to be better. Yeah. I just need you to know what's happening. Yeah, I just want to complain. Just, <laughs> that's that's really the lore dumps originally were just emotional dumps on each other. <laughs> you won't believe what this bitch at work did. And then she said, "Why ah! when I you need to bring me feta cheese?" And yeah. then when I brought to her, she's like, "This doesn't taste right." Because she was actually asking for goat cheese. Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, did did you?" And then my old response was, "Well, did you confirm with her that she knew what?" And then I'm gonna and you're flip like, the table yeah, talking and, to you. Yeah, and I'm just like, "Okay, <laughs> I learned that." That's actually an old Chris Rocker thing. Yeah, where you know he would say when he'd come home to his wife and she'd be complaining, and he's like, "I learned just be like, uh huh, uh huh." That bitch said, what? That was all you need to do. And I was like, oh, I've slowly learned that over time. It's yeah. like, just just make sure you're peppering in enough. Yeah. All right, you know? it's your turn. Oh, it is my turn. Um, blah, 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 blah. Why did you name yourselves Pearl Mania? I did that. Um, I don't know where it came from. So I originally had a podcast mm-hmm. called Pearl Mania years ago. That was a one-man podcast mm-hmm. that I nixed. And I did like six episodes. Uh, I was like, oh, this is stupid. And I don't want to keep doing it by myself. Yeah. So I deleted it. And But I always, I always liked the name Pearl Mania. Mm-hmm. So I kept that around. And then you came up with the 500. Yeah. Because you were making a Gmail account. Because I had a TikTok that I had a couple TikToks that went super viral among conservatives. Yeah. And then you with your Ferengi brain were like, we can make money. And we did. And we made a t shirt on Teespring. Mm-hmm. I think it was Teespring, yeah, one of those sites. And um, it just said, it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah. And we made it in red Wait, with white okay, lettering. Okay. It was just, it was straight Here's, up a MAGA hat shirt. This is what happened. He's yelling into the void that is TikTok. And for some reason, conservative people. That's profile pictures had wraparound glasses that show they only visit their kids on the weekends are like, this guy gets it. And then he's one of the good liberals. And then like, you know, Joe Rogan's talking about him. And I'm like, listen, if there's one thing conservatives love, it's merch. Yep. Conservatives love merch. And yeah, like, and they don't care. And it doesn't need to be ethical. You don't need to pay the designer. You don't need to do any of this stuff. And so, yeah, my Frankie brain was like, bet. Rule of acquisition number 67, make the profit. And so I went online. I created a Gmail account, Promania 500. I created these shirts that came in red, white, and blue Yep. in all different styles. And then we just started promoing them. Yep. And we sold enough to, like, have a nice weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I got one of them sent to me because I wanted to wear it in, mm-hmm. a, in a TikTok to, like, um, promote that's, it. I did that. I yeah. ordered it because I said, you're wearing this so we can sell more yeah, of them. Yeah. And I put it on and I began mm-hmm. to record one and I ripped it off my body because mm-hmm. I have never had a fabric feel worse on my skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me feel horrible yeah and then i yelled at you i said you will take this store down now <laughs> and yeah but it's um, gone now the store is gone uh um, it's not it's not it's still up shut up <laughs> it's still up are people still using it no we haven't because we don't link to it yeah anywhere. we don't want to talk about it oh my except god for right now oh my god um but yeah that is one don't of buy the, anything from that store what i was going to say is that we do get a lot of questions and people are always like, oh, you got to make that into merch. You got to make that into a T-shirt or something, something. And 
I am all for that. But if and when we ever do that, we are going to go the ethical route of like getting quality things and, and actual designers people properly. Yes. So that was a one off because I thought it was fucking hilarious. It was, it was y'all. You can't. I cannot stress to you how many T-shirts we sold so quickly mm-hmm. and it shocked me and i was like i get why trump did it like that was <laughs> i honestly i think he was like i'm just trying to sell some hats and yeah. then they handed then him he just them. got stuck being president yeah they were like oh he's like i sold so many hats so like great here's the nuclear codes and he's like shit he's like i'm gonna hide these at mar-a-lago <laughs> yeah what put them in a wrong? box in the bathroom um yeah what was but, so that was but that would that's basically the pro and then and then when we were looking at expanding this uh, to like Instagram and and all the other oh, different the forms of That's social where media. So yeah, you you just randomly created the Gmail Promania 500. And then I stuck with it. And then I I just said, well, we'll just call everything that. That's great. Yeah. I thought it was so funny because it's also a millennial thing. I find that Gen Z kids will go out of their way to find something that they do not need to use numbers for mm-hmm. for their usernames. And I think it's very millennial to have username. I mean, yeah. how many people you go on something and it's like. What are you? I'm Nick Swain, 1988. And you're like, okay. Because mm-hmm. Nick Swain was, was taken? Yeah. Oops. Okay. Whoopsies. Um, let's see. How is the Willow Tree saga going? It's gone. Bitch is dead. We cut that fucker the fuck down. I sat in this exact chair and watched men climb that Willow Tree mm-hmm. and hack it to pieces yep. bit by bit yeah. for two straight days. The best part of it was... They were having issues the first day with like some of because the the tree was dead. That's the whole thing. It's like, I love a beautiful willow tree. This was not it. It was a dead tree way too close to our house. There were little mushrooms growing on the top branches because they they, the tree was rotting from the top down. When they dropped one of the branches, uh, termites came out of it. Oh, really? It was like on the top and there were bugs living in it. So it was dead. But our next door neighbor. She also fucking hated the tree. Yeah, because it would drop leaves and branches yeah. into her. Her yard is spotless. Immaculate. She is a retired She's an librarian. incredible gardener. Yeah. Beautiful roses and other. It's the most beautiful garden yard I've ever seen in my life. It's got water features. It's great. She's out there every nice every, day. Every dealing morning, with it. she, for like a, over decades, she has had to wake up and sweep willow leaves, which are not like tree leaves. It's a whole stick with a bunch of little leaves stuck to it. Though yep. That's what drops. So this tree was her arch nemesis. She hated it. And so when we reached out to her and we're like, hey, we want to let you know we're thinking about having this tree removed because I was like, let's talk to the neighbor because what if she really likes the shade? Like, yeah. I don't want to be a jerk about it. And she was like, Thank fucking God. Like yeah. she was, so anyway, the guys were having a problem the first day getting it, like getting everything ready to get it down. And she, again, is an older, retired woman. And she she's watching them and she goes, hey, listen, if you need me to put me in a harness, I'll go up there and cut it the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, she is a legend. Yeah. And yep. So the tree, we finally got it down. Our house is safe from any damage, which is good because it's rainy thunder season. And yeah. That was the real concern. That was the real concern was so much of it was dead that was actually overhanging our house yeah. and uh, trying to prune that back. And I was really worried that at any moment that tree was going to be in, uh, <laughs> literally in this office because yeah. it was right outside this window. Yeah, so, uh, so goodbye to the tree. It's wonderful. Um, all right, here's the next one for you. What is your favorite celebrity scandal? Oh, no. My favorite celebrity scandal? I really should have thought more about this. Well, you know mine. Yeah. 
What's episode yours? one of this podcast, which was the uh, Jack and Jerry Ryan sex scandal that brought yeah. Obama to his presidency. Yeah, that's a really I was, good one. One of the things I was very excited to talk about mm-hmm. on this podcast was how Star Trek, the ne- Star Trek Voyager led to the first black president of the United States yeah. being able to basically walk into the White House. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty great. I mean, from like a content standpoint, witnessing Dramageddon on YouTube yeah. was incredible. Yeah. It was really It just kept going. Engaging content. It just kept and it kept and it was like one of those things where and again You know what it is? I've been lore dumping at Alex for over ten years. Yeah. And every day he came home and I was like, you'll never guess what yeah. happened now. There's a new wrinkle. <laughs> you know what it felt like? It there's fe- never a wrinkle. They're full of Botox. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it felt like? Drama Geddon felt like Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Cause it was like we've had all these separate movies, yeah. but they've all been hinting at the fact of background collabs yeah. and like using the same vendors mm-hmm. and then suddenly it all came together yeah and you're like which one of them's thanos and yeah. it was like it turns all out of it's them. shane dawson yeah but yeah i was thinking that like in that and then the the final episode of that was shane dawson on instagram live recording himself reacting to a video and it going so horribly wrong and then the video being shut off because his husband was like turn off the video yeah it was just like what like witnessing that was like this is so chaotic and so entertaining and i think it was one of my top top three for sure because it was just so much insanity yeah on youtube which is like such a weird medium mm-hmm. um but yeah so that'd be fine for right now it, uh you know just because it ties together yeah go um ahead. since you just mentioned drama again if you had an apology video what instrument would you play mm. what instrument i i don't know how to play any instruments yeah um I would hope that I wouldn't need to make an apology video. Oh, so you're going to play the sympathy um, card. But if I did, you know what I would do? I would hire someone to play a musical instrument in the background, like next to me. Mm. Um, what instrument maybe, would that be? Maybe bagpipes. So you couldn't hear me <laughs> lying. <laughs> Cause it's the key is you got to have the music to help hide the lies. Yeah. So if there was a big old bagpipe, like a Scottish funeral going on behind me, yeah. you wouldn't be able to hear what I was well, saying. You know what it'd be? It would be like those TikTok duets where you hear somebody say something. They'll be, they'll be like, you know, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is terrible. However, and then a guy just starts rapidly playing yeah. drums. So you can see them yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What uh, about you? Kazoo. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, all right, so let's see. You both talk about Sheets and Wawa a lot. You ever been to a Bucky's? Funny story. Okay. No. No. I've never been to a Bucky's. Me I've neither. heard I didn't know Bucky's existed until TikTok, and then I've heard a lot about them and seen them, and someday I will go. Yeah. That being said though, yeah. I do have a stuffed animal of the Bucky's. I guess it's a beaver. Yep. I have one of those. I know it. I got it at a Goodwill. So Mrs. Promania and I, well, Mrs. Promania, sometimes I go with her. Mm-hmm. She'll go to the Goodwill and she'll buy like $1 stuffed animals yeah. for the dog because the dog destroys stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a, it's, he's called, it's, it's called a I'm not going to PetSmart and buying a $17. an $8 yeah. fucking toy when he kills them in one minute. Yeah. So I usually just go to the Goodwill and I go through and I pick out the stuffed animals that don't have like hard gem eyes or yep. hard sewn on noses. So you just got to find the ones that don't have that. And then I just throw, like, if I buy, like, 10 of them for a dollar each, I put them all in the wash and dryer to mm-hmm. make sure there's nothing in there. And then, yeah, I just give them to him every time he needs to destroy something. Yeah. And so that that's why we do that. And I was with her one time when she was going through the bin. And I was like, is that a Bucky Beaver? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I don't know what this is. And I grabbed it. 
And I was like, I'm buying this. And I think it was like $2. Yeah. I think everything else was $1. But yeah, you usually, like, and you usually go for the rattier ones that kids wouldn't want anyway. So yeah. now we're not oh, taking for people. Yeah, I try not to take the nice things. If it's like Disney or anything where I like a little kid would really want it. Yeah, no Olaf. I don't touch that. But also most of those ones that the little kids really want have usually, they don't have sewn on eyes. They usually have the actual like button gel eyes like you're yeah, talking about. Or like a, a little fake nose. Because the dog will choke on them. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, it's my question Oh, again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, all right. Well, now I don't remember what I want. Oh, no. Oh, no, but the other question, I forgot. So I have Sheets or Wawa. Yes. I've also, I've been to a ton of Love's truck stops. I've been to a lot of Love's too. I was thinking that. Yeah. I feel like, I don't, I know they're not the same, but I feel like they're kind of similar in the fact that Love's carries so much random shit for truckers. Yeah. Um, so Love's is probably the closest. I think that we need to, next time we go on a trip. I think, are are Bucky's mostly deep south or are they Midwest? That's the one thing I'd have to look at where Mm. we would need to go for them. I mean. I, I know people I like live in Ohio. Do they have them in Ohio? I feel like they do, but I also feel like they're big in like Florida. Oh, really? I don't We're know. We're not going there. We're not going to go to Florida. Okay. But, well, right. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, it's your turn. Um, do you like frogs or bees? My birthday is July 10th. Can I get a shout out? Ivanka loves bees and frogs. <laughs> hey, Ivanka. Yeah, you can. Bam, 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 bam. Um, I do love bees, even though they did uh, swarm the house. Yes. Uh, as you know, I didn't. Uh, I was still like happy to get them out of the house without hurting them because yep. I do love bees and I love everything they do for us. Yep. I do love honey. I put it on lots of things, including Rice Krispies back in the day. Yep. Um, and frogs. Yeah, I remember frogs when I was little, really getting into playing with toads and stuff. Yeah, because you grew up in an area with a creek. So did yeah. I. We both had crick life. Yeah, crick life. So... Yeah, you know what? No, fuck salt life. We're about that crick life. Yeah. That guy murdered his girlfriend. The salt life the guy? The salt life guy. Yeah, yeah, one of the founders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he like... His got, young girlfriend. Yeah, very His very young they girlfriend. Were like really, he was really high on drugs. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love frogs, love bees. Big fans. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I'm down with both. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I don't have any sort of rage against them. Yeah. I mean, my only thing with bees is that I just get very still. When they're close to me, I just mm. get very still. I'm like, hey, bud. Don't yeah. listen. I'm not like scared of them. No, I'm not allergic to those things. I'm sure there's people things. that are scared of bees and frogs. Well, I'm more scared with like honeybees, right? Like when they break their stinger off, they die. Yeah, that's sad. I don't want them to die because they're scared of me. Yeah. And then frogs in general, I'm like, hey, just don't be in my house because if you get in the walls and croak, you're going to die. Yep. Because you're never going to find your way out. And the cat's going to get Same you. Same thing with wall crickets. <gasps> Ooh, you know what type of frog I love is the little cokey frog in Puerto Rico. They oh, sound really yeah. cool at night. Yeah, those are cool. Um, okay, what's the next one we got here? Uh, why don't we Why don't we do two more of the group ones, and yeah. then we'll move on to we'll take a break. Okay, let me see here. Um, ba, 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 ba. Let's see. Would you ever consider bringing a live podcast to Australia, New Zealand? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Immediately. One hundred percent. Immediately. Yes. Yes, because um, the biggest thing is how many do you have on this side? We should look at some of those. Mm. Um. The biggest thing is with that, with because there's been a few questions about touring and travel and all those different. things. I think they're on your. Yeah, one. we'll get into that. But with coming to like Australia, like I've always, I've always, always, always wanted to go to New Zealand. Yeah, um, same. I really like the humor that comes out of New Zealand. You really like Australians mm-hmm. because almost every U- YouTuber you watch <laughs> is I could hear is just an Australian accent, yeah. and you just love the way they sound. I no, it's not even that. It's just I feel like New Zealanders and Australian people have a similar sense of humor like they're the comedy that comes out of there and the way that like their dark dry sense of humor i just love it the other thing that i really like is that um the c word 
It, you don't freely, freely say anything. Hilarious. It's great. The only thing I'm nervous about Australia, full of weird animals and bugs that can kill you. That's true. Deeply concerning. I just want to see. I just want to go. I just something about New Zealand. I've always when yeah. the pandemic hit and I heard New Zealand was closed, I was like, that was my idea. <laughs> like that was like I was like if I was gonna flee anywhere, yeah, it would be New Zealand. Yeah. It just also feels like it's smaller. Australia, while physically bigger, yeah, is mostly around the coast and like the middle's kind of empty. But what am I know? I one time said they didn't have bananas, and, and I then was, turned out I was a big wrong. fucking liar. All right, you want me to come from this page? Let's yeah. see. Go from uh, that page. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Best con Weird Al. Weird Al. You know, I think re- just the- a great stage. Weird show. Al was great. We had a great time at Weird Al. I would say, and I know it was really fresh in my mind, but we went to see Orville Peck, mm-hmm. and he puts on an incredible live show, and it was. He's right a, after the pandemic. So for those of you guys who don't know who Orville Peck is, mm. he's a Look deep, him up. deep voice gay cowboy sparkly. who wears this like these long fringe sparkly masks. Mm-hmm. His cover of Fancy. Yeah, broke you. Yeah, broke me. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, this is yeah, incredible. I call, I call him the sad, my sad cowboy. Sad cowboy. He's um, done a lot of co- collaborations with a lot of people. Yeah, he's incredible. And, and, so and it, it was, was a small venue, too. It was too. small. We went down to Baltimore and... It was it was after the pandemic. It was the first thing we did where there was like a lot of people around. Yep. It was this shared experience of like we've all left the fucking house. Yep. This is the first time we left the house. This is the first time we're going to see it live was like music. Nove- no, it's like October, November of two thousand. It would be twenty twenty one. Yeah. So it was like you had very, to have the vax card to get in. Yeah. It was like all that, all that type of stuff. And, and then, and on top of that too, Orville's gotten so big that this yeah. was like the last small show he's <laughs> yeah, probably probably. ever going to do. Yeah. So everyone he does, is like, like Beyonce collabs now. Yeah, no, and like he was. I think he opened for Harry Styles like yeah. the next weekend at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, like exactly. it was. That was a great show. Yeah, uh, but I think I, it was just part of the experience that made it so wonderful. It was like we're we're leaving the house, we're living life, we're seeing live music. And his sad, melancholy music made me feel very happy during yeah. the pandemic. Um, the most exhausting show I've ever seen, because mm. I've seen them twice. Okay. Uh, I will say George Clinton and Parliament Funk- Funkadelic. <laughs> uh, so George Clinton is very old. Yeah. He also, uh, he no longer smokes crack. Oh, yep. Okay. I want to be clear about this. This is an old man Don't who used to crack. smoke crack. It was like a six-hour show. I left like two and a half hours into it. I, I heard every song I wanted to hear. Yeah. And I was like, and they just kept going. And I was like, I am exhausted. Yeah. And I just left. I love <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. But I can only, I'm like, I'm, I'm like 30. I think the last time I went, I was like 35. And I turned to my buddy, Andy. And I was like, Andy, I got to go. And he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, old. I'm done. And he was like, oh, thank God. I'm, I need I'm to go tired. too. All right. You got one more? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to choose which one to, to leave here. Okay. Um, I'll do this one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what celebrity do you hate with a burning passion? Mark Wahlberg. Mm. <laughs> Damn, you were you had that ready, ready. Yeah, it's a a personal vendetta for life. Yeah, for life. Do you want to explain? Just elaborate. So, as we've said before, I worked in the restaurant industry a long time, and where I was working, I met many a uh, celebrity. Because I worked in the Rittenhouse Square area, uh, which is where like most of the uh, fancy schmancy rich people in the city are. And I worked at a hotel in that area where a lot of uh, famous people would stay. So they, we would see them all the time. And there were a lot of rules surrounding the situation. And 
you know, because you had to keep people's anonymity and you weren't allowed to say things and all this stuff. So, but I, you know, bartending and serving, I met a lot of celebrities in my life. And there's some that I love. Like, I've met uh, Tony Collette. Oh, lifetime in love with her. Cameron Diaz, Bruce Willis, just Natalie Portman. She was nice. She, I was like, maybe she was like nice, but she was a little weird. Sarah McLaughlin was great. Like, there was just like all these people. But Mark Wahlberg. Oh, my God. He was filming this movie in Philly. I don't recall what movie it was. Apparently, it was popular. I'm never going to fucking see it because I'm never going to see any fucking movie that dude makes. Fuck that dude. He was so mean. He was so fucking rude to every single person that was a staff member of the hotel and the restaurant. It was unbelievable. And we, I was working at a fine dining place that you, had like a dress code. So if you came in at dinner, you had to have a blazer on. Like there were rules because it was like... Fancy. Fancy, fancy five star. And yeah. he would roll up in a white tank top that we all used to call wife beaters, jean jorts, cut off shorts, and like flip flops, and be like, Why can't I come into dinner service? And then I'd have to be like, Listen, I have to get you a blazer out of the coat because we would keep blazers on hand for whenever people weren't dressed right. And he'd be like, No. And he'd throw a fit and curse me out, curse out my boss. And then we'd have, it was like every fucking day of him filming that movie he tortured us and he was a snapper so like anytime he saw somebody walk by that had a name tag on because we were required to wear name tags he would snap and make some wild ass demand and like a lot of celebrities did that yeah they would just be like oh can you get me like organic apples and bring them to my room and you'd be like ah and like the rules were that if somebody asked you had to do it like you'd go tell chef you go tell the manager and then you would have to go do the thing they asked but he would just come up with the craziest shit and he was so mean. And yeah, it was um, a personal hell to have to go and work every day because he was filming this movie. So he lived there for a long time and I fucking hate that dude. Also, he's a convicted ra- uh, racist. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hate crimer. He's got three nipples. And you should shut the fuck up. <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> and. Um, so... Wow. I knew all of this, but you've never said it all in one sentence that quickly before. Yeah. Uh, mine's a series of stand-up comedians. <laughs> a series of stand-up comedians that I have worked for, uh, mm. worked with, or for, yeah. in the past. Um, Are you going to say their names? I feel like that's not a good business move. That might not I'm be I'm never going to see Mark Wahlberg out in these streets. Yeah, you're never going to. We're never going to a Wahlbergers. No, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, I might run into Todd Berry and Mike Kaplan in real life. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I forgot about Todd Berry. That was a weird day. Yeah, that was a weird fucking day. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So I think we should switch over to the next. Yeah. Half so we'll, let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a break. And then we have about 50 minutes to do our one on one question. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Now yep. it's one, one-on-one questions. Yeah. I have questions that have been picked for just you. Yep. And you have questions that have been picked for just me. Yeah. Well, not picked, directed at. Directed at. Yeah. That's fine. But clearly, we're going to start with you. Okay. And then you'll do one for me. Yeah. But we're definitely starting with you. Okay. Because I know who people actually like to listen to <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> okay. No one ever... <laughs> When I ask people what their favorite episodes are, yeah. it's always Mrs. P episodes. Oh, thanks. When I ask what people like about the podcast, <laughs> it's always the book club. <laughs> so I'm going to start off. Okay. I'm going to start off with a question that's on everyone's mind. Yeah. Mrs. P, 
When were you going to do an episode on Trisha Paytas? Oh, um, I don't know if that's possible because <laughs> it's the the amount of lore on Trisha Paytas will take well over two hours. Yes, um, that would be a multi part <laughs> docu series. That would open us up to incredible liability. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot like the Onision episode that I thought about doing. And once yeah. I started stepping into it, I realized there was so much there. Yeah. And that there are YouTubers who do exist who have like 169 two-hour episode yeah. updates. It's like each week, here's the fucked up thing he did. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe... Okay, so you know how um, on the Try Guys, I to- there's that show where Keith eats everything? Yes. Where he like goes and only eat one of everything on the menu and everybody's always like, you gotta go to Cheesecake Factory because they know it's gonna kill him. Yeah. I think that... And he said that will be the series finale. Like that's yeah. the last fucking episode. He's gonna eat everything at the Cheesecake Factory. I think... That might be what Trisha Paytas is. Like, mm. she's the cheesecake factory of Keith Eats Everything. Gotcha. And <laughs> it's that's... just so fucking much. Yeah. It goes back so far. She's been on the internet forever. Forever. And she's been doing fucked up shit the whole time. And what's funny is I'd never heard of her until, like, maybe two years ago. Yeah. And that's the part that's funny is, like, whenever she's mentioned, there's always some random person in the comments, like, who's Trisha Paytas? And then what? everyone's like, you sweet summer child. Yeah, what must it be you like? You lucky bastard. <laughs> And I'm always like, oh, I wish I would. I remember being you out in the fine years of 2019, you piece of shit. Um, so that was your question. So okay, we go. here's a question for you. When is Alex going on the road to do a stand-up comedy tour? And then follow up, a separate person asks, what cities are you most excited about? Because I'm assuming you're going on a stand-up comedy tour. So I do want to do this. Um, a big thing, as we've been mentioning on the show, is the Helium show in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, that is in September. Yep. Uh, link in the description. <laughs> Please buy uh, tickets. If you're in the Philly area or can be, that'd be awesome if you can come to that. But I'm using that as kind of a proof of concept mm-hmm. for what I want to do. Um, I have performed for hour plus times before. I can do that. I know I can do that. I am not used to people showing up to see me. Yep. I'm used to being on shows that people are at and then entertaining them. Yeah. I'm yet to be used to the idea of what are you doing tonight? I'm going to go see Alex Perlman. Like that feels weird still yeah. after 20 years of doing stand up. Um, I am learning that it is quite possible for me to do the show. There is um, a lot of stuff. And then when I plan on doing that is maybe summer of next year. Mm -hmm. What my thoughts of it has been is because of the way content generation in general has changed. And you and I have discussed this. I don't want to be a road dog, which is a thing that used to happen in stand-up, where a comic would have to go do 200 nights a year to be able to do that. And one of the things, and one of the reasons I walked away from stand-up a long time for a bit, was you and I purchased a very expensive bed. Yeah. (laughs) This is years ago. Yeah. We, it was your fault. I know. Um, I could have gotten the bed for like, it was a king size bed. I could have bought it for 1500 bucks. I fucked it up. The guy, the guy was like, it's, you know, the sticker price is 2400 uh-huh. and you laid on it, rolled over and said, give the man what he wants. <laughs> so I paid for this bed. We had it delivered. Yeah. I then was booked in New York that weekend. I went up to New York and it was for the whole weekend. And I stayed on a futon in the basement of a Brooklyn apartment. Yeah. And I had to pay $25 to my buddy's roommate to sleep on a futon with a dog in the living room. And my only thought process during that was I am currently paying a mortgage 
and I am currently paying for a bed that I'm not sleeping in. And this sucks. (laughs) So because of the podcast and because of all these different things and TikTok and all these different things where, you know, I don't have to tour all the time. My thought process is doing six or maybe 10 cities a year. That way it's a big deal if I come to town. And if I do that, I would come to town for an extended period of time. So then I can go see the sites, go to museums, do those different things. Go to Bucky's. Go to Bucky's, all those things. You know, if I wanted to make content there or want to learn about them or take bring things back for the podcast, I could do that more. Instead of being a road dog comic, which is flying into a city, performing for 48 hours, never seeing anything outside of the club, and then getting onto the plane or driving to the next place. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing with wrestlers. They don't really get to they, – they, they travel the world but never see it. Um, so places I'm looking forward to going to in the uh, the United States would be, I think Chicago is a city I have been to, but never really experienced Mm. at all. Um, that's a big one for me. Uh, San Francisco and San Diego. I've never been to, I've only ever been to LA. Yeah. Someone uh, asked for both of us. Have we've ever been to the Pacific Northwest? I myself have never been up there. I've been begging. Yeah. So Seattle, Portland, I'd really love to go to. Um, I, uh, New Mexico, I love, absolutely love Albuquerque, New Mexico. I love Santa Fe, um, Texas and Florida change your politics. And then I'll love to visit you. Uh, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I'm dead fucking serious. I also Atlanta. I really want to go to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I, my, my sister used to go to school down there. So I like I like that area a lot. Um, Western North Carolina, going back to areas of Tennessee. There's all these different areas that I want to go to. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I've, I've also been thinking a lot about is there are larger mid-sized venues that aren't in major cities, and I think that's something that I would rather do. Yeah. I like, you know, doing Chicago is one thing, but like Indiana is right around the corner. And I know their politics suck too, but like they don't get, people don't go there. Yeah. And don't remind people. Like if you go put on, if I put on a show in Indiana it might remind the people of Indiana, like, hey, we're not all conservative shitheads. Like, Florida and Texas, there's enough of you, and you guys know there's enough of you. It's just how yeah, you're going to pull it together. It's different. It's not their fault they got gerrymandered to fuck out there. Yeah, exactly. All right, what's the next question? Oh, yeah, it's yours. Uh, what is your opinion on the decline of RuPaul's Drag Race, judges, and producers oh, setting people up to fail, etc., yeah. etc., et et Okay, et I, have, I have opinions. So I would agree with this person sent in this question. The way they framed it is that they also feel that RuPaul's Drag Race is really on a spiral downwards. Um, yeah, the last couple seasons, this one right now, this All-Stars, I have not been watching. It is too boring and painful at the same time to witness. Um the the thing I think is that it's RuPaul's Drag Race is just so commercial and so friendly and has to live up to like being digestible to the masses at this point that they are trying to keep it as vanilla as possible so that they can keep moving from VH1 to MTV to Paramount like yeah. all this stuff like RuPaul and the te- their producer team is just really dead set on making it safe and that takes all the fucking fun out of it because like the seasons that are incredible are just like arguing bitching 
like they're queer as fuck. It's incredible television. Yeah, I think the show from the little bit I've watched over your shoulder. Yeah, okay. I and then when I force him to watch lip syncs on YouTube. Yeah, but, like, but you need to know what happened. But the thing is, is the ones that people talk about and the moments people talk about are the ones that are probably the gayest moments possible. That's yeah. why you watch the show. You want the gay parts. Yeah. You want the bitchy parts. You want those things. It's like for me with pro wrestling, one thing that I really hated about WWE is as they got away from actually being a fucking wrestling show mm -hmm. and they forget that sometimes. Yeah. It's possible always go the opposite way. There's sometimes where I'm watching wrestling where they try to make it too hardcore, it's too bloody, et cetera. Well, here's the thing. But RuPaul's Drag Race and professional wrestling very similar it's the same show it's sparkles it's drama it's, it's scripted they know who's gonna win from the get-go yeah the producers are like somehow this person didn't do good and you're like i watched that they did great yeah i don't understand why you're voting them off and then it's just there's also a level of like there's a money in the bank contract <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like weird po politics in it now because of Everybody that comes out of there it has to have their social media content. They have to be engaging on different platforms. And so it's just a different television show well, it's also, than it used to be. Yeah, well, and I do, I don't want to just like live in the nostalgia, but like, listen, like season one through like seven, elite, elite how stuff long is has happening. How show been running? Oh my God. It's, I feel like it's been running since at least 2009. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. I don't know. I remember watching the first season and it was all blurry and insane. And I think the second season of the season I fell in love was like Raja was my favorite season. Yeah, so 2009, yeah. right? So I want to point something out. RuPaul's Drag Race has existed longer than gay marriage has been legal in the United mm -hmm. States. Yeah. And the big part with that, because that's what I was just thinking, the early queens that came on there, right? Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race made them. Yep. These were niche performers performing for small audiences who were then showed to a nation yeah the modern people who are getting on there already have a following to a degree yeah. and already have to so the show isn't making them they're making the show They're promoting their brand on the show yeah and it's that's so different and that's what happened last season with the um the tiktok girls yeah there's like these two tiktok drag queens called sugar and spice mm -hmm. and they were incredibly entertaining because they're like tiktok famous yeah but they don't know how to do stage work they don't know how to do it so that... it was so fun to like watch them kind of like learn in real time how to do drag well and that <laughs> happens with a lot of comedians and that was yeah. one of the things why i found it really funny a few of my friends back when I was doing a lot more stand-up. You would get YouTubers. We'd get yeah. booked at comedy clubs. And it's like these YouTubers could bring in a huge audience, right? Yeah. Like this giant audience. And then they'd get up there and they'd have nothing to fucking talk about. Yep. Or they wouldn't quite know how to do it. And so it was just funny thing of you, you're watching them live try to figure out how to do stand-up. <laughs> and it's like, my dude, you're supposed to be doing this in the back room of bars across the street from a dilapidated prison yep. like a normal person. For 10 fucking years. For 10 fucking um, years. But yeah, so I agree with the person that brought some this comment. It's not as fun as it used to be. I think it miss, it's missing the grit. We need the grit back. It needs to be more gritty. It's not going to go and back. And it's never going to go back to what it used to be. So I'm just going to rewatch the Bianca Del Rio season over and over again. Because it's my favorite. Okay. All right. Your next question says, how has your family responded to your new career as a reporter? Um, well, you're in the group chat. <laughs> Oh, his family is a Stan account. That's what they are. Yeah. It's They're been, big into it. It's been very funny. Um, yeah. When I was on the front page of the Philadelphia Inquirer, 
Uh, they ran out and bought a bunch of copies. Yeah, for sure. And then this week, I was on the front page of the Washington Post. Shitting on Elon Musk. Shitting on Elon. In an article about how Twitter is dying. And yeah. the first two words in the article uh, were Alex Perlman. Yeah. And that was from an interview I did like weeks ago. And just they forgot to post it. <laughs> and then it Perfect. ended up on the front um so yeah so that that was uh oh yeah his family loves it they're yeah. very supportive it's it's funny because, they do think we're crazy yeah no that's fine it's it, what the part that's very funny is that again i did i did stand up off and on for 20 years and it was always a thing i wanted to do um and the fact that it's seemingly working um it's like when the it's like that moment in a movie, right? Yeah. There's a moment in a movie where someone's like, the house is haunted. And everyone's like, you're insane. And then everyone sees the ghost. And that person's like, I fucking told you. Yeah. And that dog can talk. <laughs> and it's like, that's where I'm at. And part of that was also, I think, actually because of the pandemic and the, the Donald Trump presidency. That actually prepared them for that. Yeah. Because back in the Bush years, I was like, this is coming. Like, this is ha- like all of the signs are there. Everything, if you look at any point in history, it leads to this thing is right down around the corner. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, just go get a job. Be an accountant. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm going to drink heavily across the street from a dilapidated prison. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're they're really, really, really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I just keep telling them, stay tuned. Oh, my God. What's the next question? <laughs> uh, for you, for you. Let's see. What's your favorite character from Labyrinth? Oh, man. Um, David Bowie's Codpiece. Yeah. Yeah. I like the dog. <laughs> the dog that's riding the dog? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, pretty, that's pretty, pretty good. Pretty great, yeah. Um, all right, cool. That was, uh, you uh, nailed it in one. That, yep. Okay, uh, next question. Alex mentioned 40K Hammer in passing. What's your favorite thing about Warhammer 40K? Uh, where do I start? We don't have a time for a podcast all about Warhammer 40K. All right, I have, let's see, there's about 34 no, minutes left in the podcast. No, you got 60 seconds. So it begins with the God Emperor of Mankind. No, I, um, orcs. The answer is orcs. In 40K, orcs are insane. Uh, but actually, what I really, I started playing 40K back in the late 90s as a very, very young pre, like teen boy. Mm-hmm. And it was goofy and silly and dumb. Yeah. Now, Warhammer is much more serious. Like, literally, the way they write it is serious. And I hate that. I absolutely hate it because it was, it is a British parody of Thatcherism and fascism. Mm-hmm. That's, but that's why fascists like 40k and try to steal the symbolism all the time is because they're like no if this if if the world if the entire galaxy was run by a human fascist empire it would look like this and it would be fucking stupid and everyone would die all the time and there are no good people and they did that and they made it but then they were able to sell little toys and it got super successful and someone was like oh what if we sold shares in the company and before you knew it there was a board of directors and the whole thing went to shit well you're just describing the monopoly episode yeah basically it's 100 percent the same thing mm-hmm. but um i mean what i i really like the orcs i really like there are aspects of 40k that just it's the closest thing you can get to world war one in the sheer scale when thinking about stuff of just these ideas of someone blowing up a planet of 7 billion people and it not affecting the economy of the rest of the galaxy. And it, like, makes sense. Um, there's also a shit ton of lore accounts uh, on YouTube, especially. Um, Luton Nine's one I really like and a few others that are just really, really good. That And then you realize, again, this is a living world that people are creating that has 
thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of content that you can delve into. Okay. Yep. I never played it. What's no, my question? No, I know you've never played it. <laughs> What's my I was question? originally a Dark Angels player. Okay. Okay, wow. So let's see for you. Why do you think CM Punk is a bitch? Because he is a bitch. And I don't like him. He's got nice guy energy. And I don't vibe with nice guy energy. You mean male feminist energy? Like the I'm a male feminist type yeah, of feel? Yeah, there's something in like the shark eyes of a male feminist. A guy that says out loud he's a male feminist, it, I don't know. Yeah. There's like a red flag situation and he just gives me that nice guy vibe where like he's really like probably really, really nice. But then the second someone crosses him, he loses his cool and goes evil hardcore. There's no probably on that. That's actually true. Oh. That's what he's well, done to multiple people energy. in his life. That's just the energy he gives off. And I have like a... A sixth sense. I'm really good at reading people. Like if when I meet people in person, I just read them really quick and I can I can just tell I don't like him. Also, I think his Pepsi tattoo is really stupid. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I had a feeling that was going to be the answer for all of them, but I'm, I enjoyed that. Okay. Uh, your next question. What's your favorite Venture Brothers moment? Oh, okay. So it's one of the early episodes. I I can't figure out which episode it is. I don't know if it's from the pilot or like one episode one or two after that. There's a moment where Brock opens up an area of the plane and there's a Florida gator inside of it. Mm -hmm. And so Brock has to kill the alligator with a knife. Okay. And he is covered head to toe. Like the next scene, he's covered head to toe in blood. Okay. Except for this one area of his, of his white shirt. And the security guard at the UN's like, sir, I need to, you can't walk in there with a knife. And Brock cleans the knife on the clean part of his shirt, puts it away, and just goes, come and take it from me. <laughs> and it's just the way he does it. There's also I – mean, a lot of my favorite parts are Brock Sampson moments. Um, the whole show is my favorite part, though. Yeah. The hard part with the Venture Brothers is also really going back to basically anything season three and before. Guys, if you go back and watch it now with your 2023 mind – and morals, very difficult. <laughs> yeah. There's a few times you're like, whoa, 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 really leaning into saying that word. Yeah. Um, that happens a lot with media. Yeah, it happens heavily with Scrubs. I was going to say Scrubs. Scrubs so, is oh my God. very heavy. We, during the pandemic, we decided to rewatch Scrubs because we both were like on the couch. We're like, you know what? I really liked Scrubs. And I was, I was like, it's, I it's, also like a, it's also a bingeable show. They yeah. used to just play it on Comedy Central all and the time. And I was like, this is great. And then we started watching. We're like, oh, no. Everything is a, <laughs> oh, no. Everything is a gay joke. Oh, no. Oh, that was a Hard R. Oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, that was that scrubs. But yeah, I really, really love the bench. Uh, the other part is actually when uh, twenty one and twenty four, the henchmen, are getting back together, and they're doing the do 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 noise, uh, and he's pretending to you know, beep boop boop into his door. It's really just his closet to get his thing. There's so many great moments running throughout the show. I just really like it, and I feel like the show was written just for me. And if anyone else likes it, that's a bonus. But I'm looking very much forward to the movie uh, wrapping up as much as they can. Yeah, get the movie out for this guy. Mrs. Pearlmania. All right, we're going to move on. We have a lot of book questions. Yeah, let's do it. There's a lot of book questions. I get that. Um, So I'm going to skip all those. What's your favorite way to eat a potato? (laughs) Oh, um, okay. My favorite way to eat a potato. So right now it's summer. So in the summer, deep in the potato salad. We know that uh, Alex knows this. Yeah, I love a potato salad. Very heavy, especially uh, a German potato salad. I d- well, German potato salads I actually prefer in the winter time because okay. they're the the vinegar bacon kind. Yeah, I like the the classic heavy mayonnaise, celery, onion. Yeah, potato salad in the summertime. No raisins. Never. Ooh. Um. And I do. I don't want to toot my own horn. I make a great potato salad. 
People always say, like, that's a really good potato salad you got there. Yeah. Um, I would say that statistically, the the potato dish that I cook the most and enjoy the most, day, like, on a regular basis, is latkes. Yeah. When it, when it comes to a bag of potatoes making it into this house, the, I'm going to make latkes. Which is a fried potato pancake, for yeah. those of you guys who don't know. And they're... They're, they're not, deep, they're they're deep not fried. easy, but they're simple. Like, yeah. they take a little bit of time. I make them, I'll take, like, a pound of potatoes, and I shred them up with a cheese grater. And then I'll take a half a pound of white onions, shred them up with the same grater, and then you squeeze out all the, the water that's in them. You mix the onions and potatoes together, and then you fry them with a little... There's, like, there's a little bit of egg and some uh, flour in there. And then you fry them up in little patties with applesauce and sour cream. And in the fall, only in the fall, when apple season hits real hard... Instead of onions, or I'll do half onions, I'll also shred up apples so that there's potato, apples, and onions in the latke. Yeah. And those are elite as well. And then you dip them in applesauce and or you put cream. sour cream on. Yeah, you, there's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Alakas are usually my top favorite. It's my go-to yeah. out of the gate. Yeah, you making those again soon? Yeah, probably not. Okay. We said it out loud. Yeah, no. I'm like thinking about My like, mouth oh. is literally watering <laughs> like, just oh, thinking about it. Do we have it. applesauce in the fridge? Because I know we have potatoes in the house. I can go get them. <laughs> I can go get applesauce. Um, okay, so your next question. I Okay, I'm going to say this wrong. If you could choose any professional wrestler to battle any kaiju, who would it be and why? So kaiju, just okay. so you know, is a giant Japanese monster. So like Godzilla's a kaiju. Oh, okay. Rodan. The moth one. Yeah. First thing, I want to go off the, that Mothra, the moth one. The moth guy. Yeah, Mothra. Okay. It Moth is in the name. And Mothra's a lady. All right. Okay. Mothra is mother. Godzilla is father. <laughs> okay. And King Ghidorah is the coolest. Okay. That's my favorite. My favorite is King Ghidorah. He's a giant three-headed gold dragon that flies through the sky that is literally an alien monster that okay. is thrown off the balance of the world. Okay. I love King Ghidorah. Um, but to have a wrestler battle them, I've been thinking a little bit about this. It would depend on what I'm trying to see in the kaiju movie I would like. So I think the most fun would be either Rey Mysterio okay. um, or Rey Phoenix from AEW um, because they're both flippy lucha guys. Yeah. They both have like a personality that's very easy to sell to kids. Yep. And they both can do, they, if, if we want to make it more adult, they can make it more adult. But if they want it to be like, hey, this is, this is going to show next to a Scooby-Doo movie next, it, it fits. Yeah. If I really want to sell it, okay. if I want it for the entire masses – John Cena, clearly. <laughs> John Cena in anything, it's going to sell enough tickets, okay? Yeah. It's going to sell enough. It's going to do well enough that no one's losing money. It doesn't mean that people are going to love it, mm -hmm. but you can easily see John Cena in jorts wearing a lime green shirt. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he throws his hat, you know, into the crowd type of deal, the whole deal. Uh, but what I really would want for me as a kaiju wrestler would be Kane from 1998. <laughs> 98 Kane wearing the full mask mm -hmm. with the bad greasy hair and the black and red uh, unitard with his one arm exposed, choke slamming a kaiju into the Empire State Building. Okay, wow. You've really thought this out. I know, I've been thinking about this for days. Ever since this popped up in our questions, I was yeah. like, who would I? Oh, my God. And then the next one, if I had to do an AEW version, it would be Luchasaurus. Oh, fuck, yeah. Luchasaurus would be... Would you have Jungle Boy too? 
Well, they're not. They're not, they're they're enemies now. They're enemies now. God, I haven't watched AEW in so long. Yeah, you haven't watched in a while. How can they be enemies? Because Luchasaurus turned on him. But now they're both bad guys, but they're not friends. It's weird. It's become wrestling. bad guy friends. Yeah, I know. Well, they, eventually they will. They better. All right. Um, so now, now I'm going to do your book questions. Okay, go ahead. I swear. Um, okay. So, Mrs. P, mm. is it appropriate to mark the books from Mrs. P's book club as read on Goodreads? I did think about this when it came in. And I think that if you have yourself uh, signed up for the challenge, so like Goodreads, the app does like a reading challenge for the year. Yeah. And it's like you, you pick a number like 40 books in a year or whatever. Yeah. And if you're trying, if you're not making the numbers you need to get to that read, Use it. Yeah, click it up. You read it. Okay, you read it, my friend. Because <laughs> yeah. I want you to hit the I read all the books thing. Yeah. So you can take credit by listening to it. Because it's like listening to an audio book, That's what right? I was thinking. Yeah. It's like an audio book. Yeah. Um, so it definitely It's counts. an audio cliff notes. Yeah, it's an audio cliff notes. And you get credit on Goodreads, especially if you're trying to meet one of like the Goodreads yearly um, countdown things they do. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's see. Um, who is your favorite comedian and who inspired you to do comedy? Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, favorite comedian, artistic choice Mm -hmm. for this is the highbrow top shelf choice. Okay. Is Lenny Bruce. Yeah, for sure. He was the last comedian to be. framed man, the picture of that man in our house. Yes. Um, he's always by my door. He's my mezuzah. I kiss him before I leave my house out the front door every day. And I've been doing that for like over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, he's the last comedian in the United States to be arrested for obscenity. Um, he wasn't pardoned for that by the governor of New York until like 2006. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, he is the baseline for a lot of, uh, the edgy outlaw white comedians. Mm-hmm. And I want to be clear about that. So George Carlin, uh, Bill Hicks, all those different guys who built that sort of hardcore, not quite leftist libertarian type of brand and we're cursing and we're trying to tell truths about the world. I don't care who I offend. That is Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Uh, but actual f- living favorite comedian, uh, Cat Williams. Fuck it. I'm so glad you said Cat. Oh, yeah, fuck it. That's no. my fucking Everyone talks shit. Everyone talks shit. Not me. No, I would no, never no, talk no. shit on Cat I know, Williams. I know. Everyone talks shit on Cat Williams because of all his arrests and all the other problems he's had over the years. But the thing about Cat Williams is Cat Williams probably has, puts on one of the best fucking shows I've ever seen. Mm. Um, you can watch any of his specials, top to bottom. They're incredible. The points he, he always... Hits you. Not only does he hit you with a point that you don't usually think about, yep. he then hits it from like 16 different fucking angles while pouring sweat. That but man is but doing his hot press hair perfect. Perfect. His but hair looks perfect. You can never say that Cat <laughs> Williams isn't doing work on stage, and that man humps a stool. <laughs> is there a stool on stage? That stool is getting humped, my yeah. friend. Oh what my day God. is it? It is hump day when Cat Williams is on stage. So for living comics, yes, yeah. that would be it. Cat Williams. Uh, for, sure. for comics that inspired me it's actually two okay um that made me really want to perform the uh the one that me as a kid definitely went straight to uh robin williams yeah when i saw robin williams stand-up specials on comedy central from the 70s i'm talking about cocaine robin williams yeah we're talking about mork and mindy is the top show on tv robin williams is still touring the entire nation and crushing it running into the crowd just firing shit off and i thought it was the coolest thing um 
but he, a lot of that, he actually kind of copied and learned from Jonathan Winters, who was a very famous improv comic and stand-up from the 60s and 70s who had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And then the second side part of that is, I know they've changed their name, but when I knew them, uh, Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Uh, Eddie's, they've been transitioning, all those different things. I know they go by diff- multiple names and multiple pronouns and all that stuff. I don't want to... I don't want to lose them in the mix. When I saw their special, Dressed to Kill, I think I was in eighth grade. I watched it yeah. on HBO. It was the absolute funniest thing I ever saw. It tied in history plus the personal experience while making really great jokes. And then a little bit after that special, I read a New York Times article about them. Izard was at a, a small club doing like a month-long residency at this little black box theater and at the theater, when they're performing, a button popped off their blouse. Mm-hmm. And they asked for if anyone in the audience had a sewing kit. And somebody did. And they sat down the edge of the stage, took the sewing kit, and sewed the button on while doing 20 minutes of stand-up about the button. And the, the person who was writing for the New York Times was saying, like, this is so incredible. Like, I can't believe they did this whole thing. And I didn't know. I was stupid. I was a kid. I thought that's how you were supposed to do comedy. I thought you were supposed to, you weren't, I didn't think you were supposed to pre-write stuff. Yeah. So my first like two years in comedy, I didn't write anything. I just kept getting on stage and just doing stuff. And eventually I built up a repertoire of jokes based on actual moments I'm having on stage. But this, but like, that was a big part for me. And their stand-up was groundbreaking when I saw it. Yeah. Love it. Mrs. P. Yeah. Do you only read in the horror theme? What's your favorite book of all time? What book do you wish you could read again for the first time? Mm. This was all put as one question on the paper um, by you. Okay. These are three different questions. Okay. Um, so we'll start so with. I don't always read the horror theme, but it is my favorite to explain. Because I think sometimes when I do other, when I read other types of literature, it's not as much fun to like, to try to like explain to Alex. And, but it is my favorite. There's, the thing is I love horror movies and I love, all hor- like not all horror movies. But I love a lot of horror movies, and the thing is with budgets and studios, you don't always get the scariest best film. But you can read a really good scary horror book, and your imagination will do the rest for you. Um, so I do love horror, and it is my go-to for sure. Um, but I do I read other stuff too, just not like you know Colleen Hoover. Fuck that bitch. What else you got? What was the second half of that? What's your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time. I would say Neil Gaiman, American Gods. Ooh, I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably like one of those books that like, I'll reread that book. I've read it three times already. Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like all, all most, almost all of Neil Gaiman's books. Yeah. Because there's some I haven't read. Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett, yeah. I love. I love all of Discworld. I really it's love a, Good Omens. Yeah, Good Omens. Oh, my God, so good. First time I ever went to a jazz club, I was reading Good Omens. <laughs> I went to a jazz club by myself at 21, yeah. and I was halfway through reading Good Omens, and I got hammered listening to live jazz, reading Good Omens alone in a jazz club you could still smoke in. <laughs> oh, wow. That's how long ago this was. Um, uh, what book do you wish you could read again for the first time? What book? Um, oh, you know what? I recently, I recently, let's say in the last year, I read it and it was just so fun and I would love to read it again. Kind of like when you watch The Sixth Sense and you already know the ending, it's not as fun the second time. Yeah. But 
there's this book called The Snowman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh my God, by Joe Nespo. And it was so fun. It's like a a, tr- a horror crime book. Kind yeah, it's of. suspense. It's suspense. a suspense book. Oh my! It was such and, a fun read. And then we watched the movie, and I was so disappointed. The movie was terrible. Don't watch that movie. Read that book. Don't watch the movie. And then I looked it up because I was like, "Why is this movie so bad?" And apparently, the production company what like bought out the movie and then the pandemic hit and a new company bought it and they rewrote it and, and they ran they out of money edited it and they, they ran out of money so like it's really choppy it doesn't meet any of the plot lines i was screaming by the end of the movie because i was like they missed so many fucking things yeah, we kept pausing it so you could tell me what should be happening yeah. that's I was what like, this is unbelievable they missed everything so I would like to reread The Snowman without having, like, so I could experience how fun and yeah. crazy it was again. I, my for two books that I would wish I could read again for the first time, um, one would be, um, what's it, is it the, the Kurt Vonnegut book about, like, Titans or something? Mm-hmm. There's a Kurt, one of the Kurt Vonnegut books. Yeah. But the other one, though, is Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. Yeah. I love that book. That book was, like, eye-opening for me as a kid. Um, or I wish I'd never read it. Yeah. Uh, there's like no in between. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Next up, uh, we got a lot of wrestlers here. Okay. This question actually came from his name is Dusk. Okay. It says, are there any topics that you would like to talk about and do you feel pigeonholed? So, I mean, all topics are available to us yeah. uh, as long as we feel, we know, you know, I've talked about them. We talked about this on the show. All topics are available as long as we feel that we can do a good enough job explaining it and not adding to misinformation in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't want to – obviously, sometimes we might reach, you know, not the perfect conclusion, but we don't want to, you know, start building a framework that is wrong. Yeah. Um, the only thing I do feel that we are beginning to get a little pigeonholed by because it's very easy to do is all the cult religion stuff that They're we keep talking. They're just always there. And – they're very similar, um, and it's very difficult, and it's it's been hard to try to get back out of that after we pulled into it a yeah. bit. So I think we will be having some changes on some of those type of topics as we've been doing them. I mean, grifters are fun and all those things, but like yeah. all of them, a lot of again history rhymes, but it, it you know in a way mm-hmm. it's like poetry. It's not exactly the same. It's the same stanza. Yeah, it's just over a different and over font. again. Yeah, different font. Uh, Mrs. Promania, what book would you never recommend? What book would I never recommend? Hold on. Let me pull up my Goodreads real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, here's the thing that, and Alex has made fun of me about this in the past. It, if I'm reading a book and let's say I'm a quarter of the way through it and I'm not having a good time. If you can't pull me in, in the first quarter, I'm going to stop reading it. I'm going to put it down. Maybe I'll skip to the very end and just read the ending, but I don't waste my fucking time with a bad book. I don't have enough time as it is. And so I don't have like a lot of books that I don't like because I never fucking finish them. Cause I'm not wasting my fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mine's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Wow. I hate that book. I'm looking at my Goodreads, and the most recent one star I have is a book called Eileen. I read which I really didn't like. And it was about this lady who was just really sad and depressed and weird. And I thought it was going to be cool. Like the way it was described, it was kind of like Stephen King's Christine. Like Mm. I thought it was like this like dark, like I just thought it was gonna be completely different. And every, all the reviews were like, Oh, it's this like edgy crazy. And I was like, I, I read, I forced myself to finish it. I was like, there must be something good in this book. 
and the ending was shit. And I was like, I should have just stopped at the first quarter and threw this book back at the library. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. That's so let's good. say, um, can you tell us, Alex, can you tell us more about your experiences with juggalos? Pugh. Um, so my juggalo experience was, I don't know what I've talked about on this podcast so far, but it was quite strange. The, um, the, the part that really got me was, uh, so it was a mall security guard and there was juggalos abound and they used to hang out in the food court and they would be assholes and always be in the way. And it's, you know, because they're teenagers for the most part. And these juggalos would always just be, uh, annoying as fuck. And we had a very, you know, you know, a lot of animosity towards each other. <laughs> I was a mall cop. They were juggalos. Arch nemesis. Yeah, it's natural. It's yeah. a natural thing. Ooh, what if you had like an enemies to lover situation? So that's what I'm getting into. <laughs> so his name is Dusk, uh, and I used to run an open mic in our hometown. Mm-hmm. And there were quite a few suburban rappers. Oh, and yeah. over time, they built up a rap night that involved battle rapping. And me being a comedian, they said you would be the natural host because I could de-escalate situations pretty well. Yeah. So I was the dude who stood between the rappers and would yell time. <laughs> I would, you know, do those different type of things. All right, it's your turn. All right, round one goes to you. And I would do the decibel meter as the crowd would cheer, put my arm back and forth. Um, so I was doing that for a bit. The juggalos started coming to the event. Okay. But the thing is, is because I was just a uniform to them, they never realized it was me uh-huh. because they never really looked at my face. Yeah. So when they saw me in a t-shirt and jeans, they were like, that guy seems kind of familiar, but we don't know where we know him from. Mm-hmm. And then one night I was up there and I had a jacket on and I said, I'm tired. Like two guys like were getting heated and I yelled, I'm tired of this. And I ripped the jacket open and I was wearing my mall cop uniform underneath. <laughs> and from that moment forward, I never had a problem with juggalos again. <laughs> the other thing that happened too is in general with the juggalos is they went, they actually somehow got smarter as the rest of us got dumber. Mm-hmm. Like as a people, like they actually have a community of people that care for each other in the way they care for each other yep. that the rest of us somehow lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as many of us lost religion, as many of us stopped going to church, the juggalos kept having their gatherings and they kept drinking the sacrament that is Fago. Yep. So um, there's a lot more that I respect of them now yeah, than I used they're, to. They're into the community. Yeah, they community are. Community support. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? And honestly, finding out that their face paint uh, breaks AI cameras. Perfect. Genius. Trying to go through airport looking like a juggalo. Mrs. P. Okay. Any tips on starting a nonprofit if you haven't worked in that field? Uh, yeah. Oh, you got that. Um. Yes, I do. I read this. Uh, it was a longer question than just that, but I just shortened it for the paper that I gave Alex. And I, the person wanted to know like any tips on how to get information about how to start a nonprofit and things like that. I have a very uh, specific suggestion. So. I want the people that want to start a nonprofit to go to the freelibrary.org. That's Philadelphia's free library website. And if you click on program and services, uh, scroll down until you get to, uh, what's it called? I think I have it written on there, right? Hold on. I wrote it down. Um, Oh, it's called the Regional Foundation Center. So the Regional Foundation Center is an offshoot of the nonprofit that is the library. And they actually have all kinds of videos, YouTube videos, live classes, online classes, and resources about how to start a nonprofit. Do you like 
do you want to start a nonprofit? Here's the you know steps you have to go through. There's free grant writing classes. There's tips on proposal writing and fundraising. It's all in there. And I have utilized that before, and it's an incredible program, and you don't need a library card. You don't need to be a Philadelphia citizen to access it. Just go to the website and scroll down in the program and services, and you can access all of the free online literature on how to start a nonprofit and all the steps that go into it. Gotcha. That's a good answer. It's a well-researched answer. Thanks. You did your research. I, I saw that one and I said, let me get a concrete answer. Gotcha. So do you want to do, we're getting near the end here. Do you want to okay. do last questions? Last questions. Oh my God. Okay. Why don't you pick all a good right. one? Let me see. Your last three questions are all about wrestling. Okay. Um, I think this is it. What is your favorite wrestling match from your childhood? And the, the second part was, what is both of your favorite wrestling matches? Okay, yeah. so my favorite wrestling match from my child. So here's the thing that's weird about my childhood is I watched the Hulk Hogan 80s wrestling for a bit until I think like like I was six, mm-hmm. like first grade. Someone was like, wrestling's fake. And then we all, everyone just stopped watching wrestling on a dime. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And like, I didn't watch wrestling as like a little kid. I watched like the You're cartoon. Like, so saved by the bell. It's all fake. No, but I was young enough that I was like, peer pressure. No, run away. Uh, but also, even back then, though, I actually didn't really watch the wrestling part of wrestling. I liked Macho Man. I liked Hulk Hogan. The characters. I, I liked the characters, and I liked the interviews of the characters. Mm-hmm, I thought they mm-hmm. were silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as an adult, what really pulled me in actually was Kane, uh, who is now a conservative mayor in Tennessee. Makes who sense. Who sucks shit. Mm. Uh, Glenn Jacobs. But I really, really loved uh, that. But even though I wasn't watching it at the time, it was close enough to my childhood. My favorite match from that era mm-hmm. is Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at uh, WrestleMania 18. Who won? The um, Rock. Yeah, The Rock won. Nice, nice, um, nice. But it is such a pass-the-torch moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an amazing match. It is probably Hulk Hogan's best match he ever had. Um you get to see all these things come together. They flip on a dime. Hulk Hogan going into it is supposed to be the bad guy, and The Rock's supposed to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. But the crowd is so excited to see Hulk Hogan in WWE again that they – and they're also in, like, Toronto or whatever it is. Like, the crowd is just immediately like, oh, my God, and they just start chanting Hulk stuff. So, like, a third of the way through the match, they just flip. The Rock starts doing heel shit, and the Hulk starts acting like a face – and the crowd is like the the everything about it is so fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot stress that it is it is probably to me of that era WWF bullshit, you know, sports entertainment matches. Mm. It's the match. Okay. Um the next one is probably uh, Okay, mine is um uh Miz and Maurice pretending to be John Cena and Nikki Bella against John Cena and Nikki Bella. Yes. All of the promo that led into it and the actual match. I know I said Maurice wrong. I yep. always do. Yeah. Um, incredible. It's the only thing that ever got me to pay attention to wrestling. I yep. was like, I'm in. Yep. The Miz and Maurice got me in. Yeah. No, it was, and that was great. <laughs> and that was all for their fake engagement. I it know. was all for John Cena and Nikki Bella's fake engagement. Fake engagement. Yeah, yeah. That, that relationship immediately fell apart. Yeah, who could have seen that coming? Uh, nobody. Oh, it wasn't written in the stars. Um, the other one I was going to say, though, is uh, there was some broken, like, Taipei broken glass ECW match I watched on a DVD Ooh. as a kid. No. Uh, that was, like, insane. Uh, oh, the other one. Uh, obviously, fuck, I can't believe what I'm about. The Hell in the Cell match with Mankind and the Undertaker. 
Uh, that should not have been allowed to be shown to children. I watched mm, that. Mm. I watched that live. Ooh, I convinced my dad to pay for that pay-per-view. Oh. And, and he was not in the room. Okay. And I closed the door. I was like, I cannot have him walk in during this. Oh. I need to see how this ends. <laughs> I know they won't let me finish watching this. Oh. Ooh, when Kofi Kingston won. Oh, yeah. yeah. When Kofi Kingston finally won the WWE Championship yeah, yeah, yeah. at WrestleMania 35. Yeah, was good. crying. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, though, your absolute favorite match, though, of all time was, again, a John Cena match. It was? And it was one I showed you. Uh-huh. It was uh, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena <laughs> at yeah. SummerSlam yeah. where yeah. Cena gets squashed. Mm-hmm. He gets the absolute dog shit beat out of him by Brock Lesnar for, like, 14 straight minutes. And the thing is, he never even, like, has an offense. Like, Brock Lesnar just destroys this man. Yeah. And the thing Suplex you guys, city. yeah, but the th- <laughs> thing you guys need to know that happens during this match, there is a kid sitting near the hard camera, and for some reason the microphone is a little too close to this kid. You don't see the kid. You never see the kid, but in the background you hear just this one lone child's voice is going, "Let's go, Cena." <laughs> Let's go, Cena. And meanwhile, John Cena is getting the absolute shit beat out of him. And you listen to this kid's voice, wilt. (laughs) Just fall apart. But he's like, let's go, Cena. And it is so funny. And it's so fucked up. And it brought, I showed it to you because you're like, wrestling's dumb, whatever. And then you saw Brock Lesnar. You're like, that man looks like a, that man looks like a shaved hog. Like that was your way of describing him. You're like, he is the scariest physical man you've ever seen. Yeah, with the dumbest tattoos. Dumbest tattoos. He has a dick sword on his chest. Yeah. And, yeah. And he's just marching oh. towards the screen, but he just destroys John Cena. You yeah. you listen to the wilting sound of a man. was laughing the whole time. Oh, it's cackling. It's Incredible. from, like, SummerSlam 2014 and, or 15. And then I was like, let's go get Jimmy John's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last question for you. Oh, okay. you have one more for me. I have one more. It's an, uh, who is your favorite AEW character? Uh, Orange Cassidy, because I did work with him, and he was a very, very nice man, and I'm excited so much for all the good things that are happening to him. That's nice. Uh, so for you, Mrs. Promania. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did you realize your religion was bullshit, full of hypocrites? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we'll end it on a great note, I guess. Um, I think that I, I had a, a knowledge that uh, the, the religion I was brought up in wasn't for me and full of hypocrisy because my when my parents had me, they were very young, teenagers in high school. And the... Church I grew up in was the Catholic Church, incredibly bad to them. Yeah, because they had a child out of wedlock, um, and then they were forced to get married, and then I was put into Catholic schooling, in which my my uh, situation as a bastard was literally brought up to me. Yeah, often like it was your fault. It was my, somehow my fault that like nuns and priests and teachers would say shit about it, and I'm like, I'm seven. What do I know about this? Um, also like witnessing how much we had, we had to like pay extra cause like you have to pay to go to Catholic school. Plus you have to pay at church. And then the way that the church treated my family when they, when my parents got divorced, that was fucking horrific. Yeah. And so I just, I was always in it even as a child being like, this is fucking weird and wrong. I don't like the way these people treat me and my family. I don't know why we're still doing this. Um, and then when I got to high school, I was really argumentative, which I know will come to a shock to everybody listening, and I have a lot of strong opinions, and I would always get written up for starting arguments in theology class. They were more just like, I just, I wanted to discuss things that they weren't letting us discuss, and I always framed it in like silly things, like I remember getting sent to the dean's office because we were discussing 
like you know the angels fall from heaven and like how satan ended up being satan and like the theological overtones and i was like it sounds to me like he just wanted the same rights as humans and so he was trying to unionize the angels and God cast him down to hell because he tried to get the same rights humans had. Again, growing up in a strong union family. <laughs> and they're like, that's not you again. And so like, it was just like, you couldn't argue about it. They were treating my family bad. So I just, I have a history of just like never really kind of buying any of the bullshit. Yeah. And then once I got out, I was never going back. Uh, there's a follow-up to this, which is, mm. do people in Philly have pray-to-end-abortion lawn signs? Not in Philly, but in the suburbs they do. Yeah, because people in Philly, for the most part, don't have front lawns. Yeah, there's not really so a front there's lawn. Not really, They're all row homes. Yeah, there's not really a front lawn culture. But out of here in the burbs, there are some people. But not a lot. Sh- not a lot. There are a few. You'll see more of the bumper stickers on the shittiest car you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's usually like somebody you can tell who's never had kids. Yeah. Who's driving a car with with 40 anti-abortion stickers on them yeah. and a Trump sticker. And you're like, you don't think he paid for nine of those? Yeah, or more. Idiot. Yeah. So, yeah, what a weird note to end this Q&A on. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I wanted to end the show the way we always end it, with a downer. <laughs> um, so that's been the six-month extravaganza. I feel like it was an extravaganza. Yeah, no, I think it was. We have, uh, you know, the most recent poll is now closed. Okay. For my topics. What one? Uh, what one? Let me have it right here. The cult that made sleepy time tea. Oh. Uh, so. <laughs> wow. It, we're it, really pigeonholed. It didn't really win as much as it clobbered it the clobbered competition. It clobbered 64% to Ooh. 21% for the artist feud between Anish Kapoor and Stuart Semple. Uh, Joshua Generation did not make it, uh, which is unfortunate because that's actually the one that's going to be the most important to all of your lives. <laughs> <laughs> and now you won't know because democracy is a lie. Okay. Um, no. Let's just stop with the downer, guys. <laughs> let's oh, let's go make latkes. We should. We're definitely going to go make latkes. But that has been our six month episode, Mrs. Promania. Do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to leave the audience? Um. Listen, I'm reading a book right now. Okay. I just I also read another book that I hated, so I have to start again. But I'm reading a very popular book right now. Okay. And I'm we're going to make a book club about it, whether I like it or not. Okay. Because this book is really popular. Yeah. And I think that we need to do it no matter what. Yeah. And if, I think I think we will. And I think we're gonna we're gonna bring it together. And I'm almost I'm I'm like almost done. So we're going to get an episode of the book club up soon. Yep. And okay. we, and we have a lot more fun and surprises coming for you guys. Uh yeah, in the near future. Oh, okay. And that's a surprise to you, isn't it? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.